Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Just need a win. We just need a win. The country needs a win right now. And uh, we got D Dad Muscat here, hour one. And uh, he is here. So I, th- I thought we'd go to the compilation. And by the way, those of you who are upset about the distracting tapping on the keyboards, I, I have decided the jury was out yesterday from the incessant number of texts who come in. <laughs> like uh, the number of texts that come in and try to tell me how to run my show, do my thing, and all that. You know, I don't question anything that I do anymore. I'm just like, I don't even care. Like who's somebody writing the checks, paying my bills, other than the advertisers? I don't need. I don't need to worry about it. And I was thinking back. You know, today is Donald Trump's birthday. How old is uh, Donald Trump uh, today? I think what is he? Seventy-five. Seventy-five. Uh, of age today. Seventy-six, I believe. Seventy-six. I feel like we need to celebrate his birthday. And you know, uh, honestly, folks, I mean, the legacy uh, that you'll never remember. Your kids will never read about in history books. And You'll likely probably never regurgitate any Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, I don't know, uh, famous gathering of whatever you might have. I don't know what's good for you. A cookout in the backyard, you know, the annual, you know, blue-gray game, if you have something like that, or whatever it is that you decide to do, you'll never speak about this. So I, I feel like, you know, I need to be the guy that continually uh, replays this stuff and gets this stuff out uh, because the media is completely into it. Like, there's no mention anywhere whatsoever about Donald Trump's birthday. Maybe except for the rock of talk dot chat blast. That's about that, that. That's about all you get. So um, I thought we would just go back to the compilation. Now I, I did try. I have been trying for the last, um, I don't know, 20 minutes. I thought it'd be easy to find used to be the nine minute and 26 second drilled and dra- Dow, Try to find it. Try to find it. The media meltdown from, from, 2016. Just try to find it anywhere. I've used Neva. I've used Google. I've used all these things. And you know, the the, the economy is going to total crap. The world could couldn't be worse in so many ways. You guys didn't want to celebrate Donald Trump, and now you're like, oh, we got a recession that's coming. What are we gonna do? Gas is five ten, but that's okay. Donald Trump is like, you guys are so stupid out there. You liberals are just, you know, you're just so stupid about everything. You know, uh, somebody was arguing with me earlier. And she was adamant about the fact that, uh, oh, don't you feel bad for the people in northern Mexico? I'm like, no, they vote four out of five for Democrats. You know, if their house burned down, they get what they deserve. They voted for Democrats. They like the federal government in charge with stuff. Oh, I need the FEMA money. Now I'm not getting FEMA money because of uh, who cares? Uh, no crying. No llores, mijo, for your. Uh, the house you go visit in the summer, no, up there. We like to make the, have the barbecues and get together. I want, hey, my house burned down. My grandma's house burned down. We go there a few times a year. No. Oh, you want money for that? For what? <clears throat> Do you think the government's going to pay you out? The FEMA decide they're not going to give you the money? Oh, yeah, I feel really hard. Hard-headed. Look how hard-headed you are. Are you keep voting Democrat every year? No. Why? Why do you keep voting Democrat? And like, 
I'll wait for them to register as Republicans before I decide to even pay attention to them. I mean that. This is one of the reasons why I'm a a great non-candidate, because I'll just say the truth. I'll just tell you the way. Oh, that's harsh, Eddie. E, that idiot out of going, he's very harsh. No, he's crazy. He's like, he's, he wants thing, bad things to happen to us. Why? <laughs> no, he doesn't want bad things to happen. You let bad things happen. We got to fight for the Ukraine. That's why we're paying more at the pump. We got to fight for the Ukraine. Where's the Ukraine? I don't know. They never wrote about it in the books when I went to school, but apparently it's a it's a it's a it's a country over there, and they talk about it a lot on the on the TV and the radio. And I think we need to help those people. No, yeah, yeah, no, we we no no, that's not the reason why gas is so expensive. The gas is expensive because you guys are idiots and you voted for uh, Joe, Joe Biden. He's he's a good guy. He's been there a long time. No. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy, but like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, the murder rate is high. You gotta blame the Republicans. They've been in charge in New Mexico for so long. The white people, right? The white Republicans. No, no, sorry. They haven't been. 90 years it hasn't happened. <laughs> sorry, more myths. We like to tell a lot of stories around the campfire. We like to get together with the family and talk about how. I hear that Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp, those were some crazy guys. They were some real outlaws, right? You never been to Tombstone? No, I never been to Tombstone, but I know they, they didn't like that. They knew that the, the Indians were going to come and scalp them. They're going to c- come and scalp them because they, they were trying to run their game over here. They're bad guys. Like, uh, at what point did you think Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp were bad guys? They're literally clearing the bad guys from Tombstone. That's why we drove them out of here, because they were trying to run prostitution rings and run their alcohol. No, they're not Billy the Kid. No. Uh, like, do you know anything about Western history? Like, uh, Doc Holliday, the reason why I like Doc Holliday, okay, is because he was a doctor that saved the bad guy, the good guys, his best friend, okay? That's the whole entire idea behind Tombstone. We might want to watch it at some point. I never seen Tombstone. I thought he was like Billy the Kid. No, he's not like Billy the Kid. Why are the bad guys good guys? And the good guys bad guys? Yeah, that's who you vote for every year. You vote for the demon Democrat. I, I don't know how else to get through to you. If you want to be hard-headed and think you have all the answers to things, and then you suddenly want to you know, think that the government has it in good for you and they're going to help you. Oh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. She's running ads against Mark Ronchetti now. Because Mark Ronchetti's a bad guy. He's been pointing at maps and talking to us about the weather. He could have prevented it, but he didn't because he's white. Michelle, she tries to help us. She's got the heart of New Mexico right here. Yeah, really? Is that what she's got? The heart of New Mexico, eh? Huh? Mark, Mark Ronchetti doesn't know anything about how to go ahead and handle crime in the state of Mexico. Well, we know that, we know that Tim Keller doesn't. That's for sure. They can't handle COVID. They can't handle crime. Oh, the crime's bad because Mark Ronchetti is is pointing to the map. He's telling us where the crime's going to be bad and the weather. And he doesn't do anything to stop it. Those white guys want bad things to happen. No, no they, they don't. And Doc Holliday was actually a good guy, as is Wyatt Earp. I mean, if you came into my studio, there's a reason why I love Doc Holliday. I, I love the guy because he defended the other guys who were trying to do good things. That's my guy. 
nothing, nothing I like more than Doc Holliday because we're going to go defend the cops, the sheriffs, uh, except for Manning. Um, you know, every single person is trying to good things. That's that's my job. My job is to be Doc Holliday here to try to defend the other good guys that are trying to defend you guys out on the street and trying to do the right things. But it doesn't pay to be the good guys. Donald Trump didn't do anything but take sixteen dollars, and you ruined tried to ruin this man's life. When did bad become good? Good become bad. When I think about this, today should be a day that we celebrate the birthday of the, you know, like like February the 12th, the greatest president in the history of this country. Right there alongside Abraham Lincoln, in my opinion. And, and here we are, what, what are we, January, we're going out there January 6th, we're going to go after the president. As far as I am concerned, Donald Trump is one of the five greatest presidents. In my book, he's number one in my lifetime because I've experienced it and I've seen it. And I have to tell you, I'm just, I'm literally sick of it. So I'm like, you know, we just got to jam this guy down their throat, I guess. I don't need Donald Trump to run again. Let me be clear about this, okay? I don't need anything to happen to this man. Saddest day of my life would be if something negative had to happen to him, okay? And I mean that any worse than what's already been done. And he becomes a liability to himself and everybody else the more he sticks himself out there because the hate from the liberals is so, oh, love. Say gay. Love has no barriers. We love, love, love. Donald Trump's a hateful person. All you've done is hate him. He hasn't been hateful. The guy who loved this country so much that gave everything he possibly could. Oh, Eddie Aragon's a hateful person. I don't like that Eddie Aragon. He's a, I can't even say his name. All I did was try to help. You want to turn the good guys into bad guys and the bad guys, you want to make good guys if they're doing something good. They won't stop until they jab us all. Hey, I haven't had a job since Johnny Tapia put up his dukes in the Duke City. No, but he was putting his dukes up. Why? Johnny told me to, he gave me a good tip one time. Every side, every time he threw it, I'm about to throw a jab. I duck. I got to avoid the jabs. No. Yeah, I don't take jabs from anyone. Not the doctor, not from Johnny Tapia, not from anybody. Dad, we're able to find that. Uh, that uh, I'm having a, I'm having some issues. Oh, oh, you're having some issues. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah, it actually doesn't exist. You can't find wow. it. It's been taken off of YouTube. I doubt it's even on Rumble. I doubt you can find it anywhere. I can't get it on BitChute. Um, I, I just anywhere. sent you a three-minute, 45-second no, clip. Uh, I know, but it's Hollywood reacts to Donald Trump. No. That might be funny. I don't know. It, I, I don't no, know. It's, but It's not. No. I, I know the one. It was nine minutes, 26 seconds, and I dare you to go and find it. Donald Trump's victory is being replaced off of the Internet. Like, How stupid is this? This is sort of like KKOB when they completely avoided me during the entire mayoral race and then said, oh, we hate crime. We're terrible. <laughs> about crime. I mean, you know, you know, uh, yeah. The idiocy. You get what you deserve. Northern New Mexico, you get what you deserve. The whole forest burns in Guyana, Simona. Who cares? I don't care. I really don't. Your house burned down has nothing to do with me. You voted Democrat because you had your head up your asses for that many generations. Hey, the government's supposed to provide us stuff. I was waiting. 
Yeah, how'd that work out for the Native Americans? Well, the Native Americans, they're our friends. No, they're not. They replaced your holiday. Cristobal Colon, huh? Yeah, the only thing they replaced is, is, is Columbus Day. They couldn't even go after the white guy. They had to go after the Spanish people. Like, how much idiocy actually exists in this state? I don't even know. I can't count. It's incalculable. It's Google. There's so much. Under the definition, the fourth definition of stupid is a picture of, of a uh, fourth generation New Mexico Democrat Dallas Cowboy fan who works for the state of New Mexico. That's the person. Under the fourth generation, uh, fourth definition of stupid. Okay. I'm sure there's other definitions of stupid, but that's the, that's the number four definition. And was at the dispensary at 12.01 the night that legal sales opened up. There you go. There you go. <laughs> we did it. Victory, bro. We did it. We're going to get the mota. It's coming. I miss my president. He is still my president. Yes, he is still my president. You removed him from office. You guys are going to do this whole January 6th thing. You, you, you really are. Are you really going to follow through with this? Front page of the paper. No, there he is. January 6th committee told Trump he was detached from reality. Oh, he was detached. Joe Biden, he's so with it. He has so much energy. I don't even know where to go anymore. He's all over the place. He's in New Mexico checking out the fires. He's back in Delaware, maxing and relaxing with his crew. I'm voting Democrat for life. Por vida. You guys are idiots. Idiots. Let's see. Let's, let's go do a little bit of a throwback. The only one that I could find that was any good had to be re-uploaded, believe it or not. Yeah. The election night meltdowns are getting removed. Even those are getting removed. Dowd won't be able to find it. He can try as he might. He won't be able to find it. You won't find the nine minute and 26 uh, second video that existed for the longest time on the internet. Oh, the election night meltdown. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist because they can't stand it. This is the only thing that I was able to find that was even close. Actually running for president of the United States. Could he actually win? No freaking way. Which Republican <laughs> candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Donald Trump. <laughs> There's not going to be a president, Donald Trump. Trump will not be president. Trump will never be elected president of the United States. You're not going to be president. A all man right? who will never be president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. He will never be president. Donald Trump is not going to become president of the United States. She's at plus 19. Do you think the tapes made a difference? Of course! They made all the difference! This race is over. Hillary Clinton has raised more than double Donald Trump, vastly outspending him. The presidency at about 89%. For Hillary Clinton. Uh, your analytical model has uh, never been wrong. Now projects Hillary Clinton to win presidential election. 100% chance. You still think she has a 100% chance of winning the election? Mm. I do. And what would Donald Trump have to do to turn things around? Prayer and hope for a festivist miracle. <laughs> this is CNN's coverage of election night in America. The fight for the presidency. Oh, okay, how Kentucky? Who cares? Kentucky, don't no, care about Indiana. Don't care. Indiana with... 
It's West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming with its vote. North Dakota and South Dakota, Texas. Uh, up and down the middle of the country, all red. Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri. It was at 80% an hour for playing. What is it now? 68%. Okay, uh, God damn it, I'm nervous. Ohio. Oh, 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 hold, hold. Ohio, John. Idaho. Yeah, yeah, I don't see a fucking landslide here. I don't see it at all. North Carolina. God damn it, if we need Florida, are you shitting me? Florida. It is fucking panic time. New Georgia. Donald Trump, now the favorite to win the presidency. Iowa. New York Times now has it at 95% chance. Tom. It's still winning. But in order to do so, she has to win Wisconsin. Wisconsin. God. Zona. Alaska. Pennsylvania. Michigan. What Florida. a night. It- How did this? There you go. That's about the best I could do. And I did my very best to get rid of as many of uh, the expletives as I possibly could right there, folks. But uh, there you go. That's the, that, that's the best that I could do. That's, that's the best I can do. The only video that actually exists. Now, did you ever come across it during that time? No, I'm, I'm still looking. <laughs> still looking. Nothing, nothing, nothing for nine minutes. You find a couple of short ones, but not for nine minutes. You won't find a complete and total story of the 2016 election. You'll find that that's a race. A race, literally six years later, folks. Here we are at the midterms, and it doesn't exist. They're racing you. Oh, you couldn't stand up for Donald Trump, could you? No, I couldn't stand up for Donald Trump. You remember, we used to play the video all the time. We used to play it all. I think I think we need to go ahead and uh, go back to uh, 19th of May, 1962, less than a year before Marilyn met her fate, unfortunately. And I think we need to go ahead and uh, celebrate a little happy birthday, Mr. President, for uh, well, you killed off one president one way, and uh, then they... Uh, the three-letter associations will do it the other way uh, as well. Let's go back in time and do a little uh, Marilyn Monroe singing to uh, JFK. On the 19th of May, 1962, Marilyn Monroe sang Happy Birthday, Mr. President, to President John F. Kennedy. Ten days ahead of Kennedy's 45th birthday, the Democratic Party staged a star-studded fundraising gala at New York City's Madison Square Garden. Staged and produced by Broadway composer and lyricist Richard Adler, the show was hosted by Kennedy's brother-in-law, Peter Lawford, and featured performances by numerous celebrities, including Ella Fitzgerald, Bobby Darin, and Maria Callas. Marilyn Monroe, who was due to be filming the motion picture Something's Got to Give for 20th Century Fox, had been suffering from chronic sinusitis and bronchitis that began to put the production behind schedule. There's conflicting evidence about whether Fox executives gave permission for her to attend the political fundraiser, or if they demanded that she cancel her appearance. Throughout the evening, Lawford played on Monroe's reputation for being late to build anticipation to fever pitch. When she shimmied across the stage and removed her fur coat to reveal a figure-hugging, flesh-coloured gown covered with more than two and a half thousand rhinestones, the room erupted. Designed by French-born costume designer Jean-Louis, the dress sold for $4.8 million in 2016. There you go. Monroe performed a restrained and breathy version of Happy Birthday, 
before segueing into an adapted version of Thanks for the Memory that celebrated Kennedy's political achievements. She was on stage for barely two minutes and was followed by the president himself alongside an enormous birthday cake. Kennedy joked that he could retire after having had happy birthday mm. sung to him in such a sweet, wholesome way. Mr. President, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Mr. President, Marilyn Monroe. Perhaps there has been no one female who meant so much, who has done more. Wow. Wow. Just her little walk across that stage is perfect. Mr. President, the late Marilyn Monroe. Did you hear that? Did you? Did that ever? Did that ever just kind of give you the the creeps beyond anything else, Dad? When they say the late Marilyn Monroe, less than a year to her death. I just watched the Net the Netflix uh, documentary over the weekend uh, uh, yeah. about all those tapes that 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 Irish journalist had recorded while the, a lot of these people are still alive. He did it in the early '80s and. Uh, I'm always willing to believe the worst of the Kennedys, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm open to the theory that Bobby was involved in that um, convenient death uh, that helped the family quite a lot. Let's listen. She didn't really produce much after that. Uh, that was it, uh, all but uh, said and done after, I think, that uh, particular point. But uh, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I have pictures. I don't know if anybody knows this, but I have pictures of Marilyn Monroe all over my office. I've got four. I've got two that I'm looking at right there in front of me. And just think about that. People are sending in the YouTube video, you know, by, by the truckloads here doing whatever they've possibly can uh, i think somebody has may have found it uh, let's see what we've got here It'd be great yeah it would really would be great i think we do need to celebrate a little bit 
Oh, wow. Yeah. There we go. There it is. We found it. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president. Donald Trump is a clown. Hold on, let me let me start this over. We've got two going. Does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? That is Ron Reagan, by the way. That's that's the worst part of the whole video. Let's start this again from the beginning. Happy birthday, Donald Trump. Donald Trump just last week, he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. <laughs> Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown? Do- Donald Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown. The likely moderator, yeah. but parents apparently believes that Donald Trump is a clown. Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. <laughs> as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. So basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end is probably starting of the beginning of the end for, for Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room. So right now we have about Bush. 75 or an 80 percent favorite. We have different versions yeah, of the forecast right. you can look at. Paul has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida. Clinton leading in North Carolina. Clinton leading in Ohio. Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so, right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say, you're not going to be president, all right? It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But, but, come on, come on, buddy. We have a major projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. Actually, it projects Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky within Indiana with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, well, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes, Nebraska with its five electoral votes, 
and Wyoming with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting. Complicated business. A lot of people have laughed at me over the years. Now they're not laughing so much, I'll tell you. This is a sweep. Dana, you, were, you want it to be precise, so go ahead. That's right. Uh, CNN can report that Hillary Clinton has called Donald Trump to concede the race. She has called Donald Trump to say that she will not be president. And uh, I'm not sure the exact words, but probably to congratulate uh, President-elect Donald Trump. So that has happened in the last few moments. President-elect Donald Trump, if Hillary Clinton has conceded, that uh, that is dramatic. That is a dramatic development, Dana. Uh, and to hear the words president-elect, we haven't yet projected that, but Hillary Clinton, uh, what you're saying, has now made a formal telephone call to Donald Trump to concede. Is that right? That's correct. I'm talking to a source uh, who was there for it and, and telling me that 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 conversation did happen. Our Sam Feist is also hearing from a different source that that conversation did happen. So uh, Hillary Clinton has made it very clear to her opponent that she believes that he will be the next president of the United States and not her. The rest is in New York City, but this pretty close together. The Associated Press is calling Wisconsin, so that puts him over the top. Donald Trump is the next president of the United States. We can project it on the basis of an Associated Press report that Donald Trump will win the state of Wisconsin. So I should be very clear that this is not the video, believe it or not. This is not the video. Um, and... The reason I know that, because it had everything ramping up to it. It was well edited, well put together, had all the pieces um, for, of the transformative year of 2015, 2016. From the beginning to the end, somebody, let me, let me tell you how bad this is. The video that I just received from somebody, which is exactly the timestamp, said it was updated November 16th, November 15th, 19, or 2016. <clears throat> It only has 508,000 views. Two things I know about this. One, it wasn't posted on November 15th. And two, there's no way that it only has half a million views. I feel like we have half a million views on our own radio station by itself. That's how oftentimes this has been played. Right before your very eyes, you have a president and Joe Biden telling you that the economy is okay, that we are not going into a recession. You have literally Larry Summers, Obama's chief economist, telling you we're definitely headed towards a, a recession. And then you have Janet Yellen on the flip side of that telling you, well, nothing to see here, folks. Things are going to be okay. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's administration is we have an 8.6 inflation back in March and April, 8.3 in May. We're back up to 8.6 after saying in, in May and April that we have peaked out. And we have videos of Donald Trump's election victory being erased from the Internet. At the very same time that all of this is happening, you have an in. Uh, I don't know what you call this. I know that there's a word for it, uh, but it's the Grand Inquisition of Donald Trump going after him today on his birthday, no less, to make sure that he is erased and they're trying to criminalize him to the nth degree, saying that he knew this, that, and the other. 
This is not the USA. This is not America. All the world's a stage. Everything that you are seeing right now is being played out in front of you to get you angry, redirected, misdirected, or distracted so that they can continue to play you for being stupid. Basically like a northern New Mexican. Yeah. Hey, you're hard-headed up here. Michelle Lujan Grisham, she's coming to take care of us up here. I know she is. She's got the FEMA letter. She sent it out. We're going to get the money. It's free. No. For all of us. We just got to keep voting Democrat every year. Those white people, those Republicans are bad. They're bad people. Don't vote for them. Donald Trump, he's bad. He's a racist. He don't like us. Here I am on Donald Trump's 76th birthday, a man who took $16 to run the country, lose, you know, about 30% of his personal wealth from what I can tell, put his family in harm's way. Probably run the best. We, you know what this country needs? This country needs someone who runs this country like a business. You know what we really need? We need a good businessman. Oh, oh yeah? Okay. That sounds like a good idea. I think there's a businessman running. He's never run for office before. I think his name is Donald Trump. Yeah, let's vote him in. Hey, what do you know? <laughs> we voted for a businessman. This is a pretty good idea. I like this. This is good. Your country's growing. Um, you know, we seem to be solving problems in Asia and the Middle East, and no one's really, no one's really effing with us, bro. We're bad. Donald Trump's bad. He's a badass, no? Look at him. He's taking it to the other side. He's blasting through. These people are trying to hold us back. No way. USA, USA. Oh, Donald Trump's a bad guy. Two and a half years later. We love our Latinos. Yeah, okay. We love first black president. It wasn't Barack Obama, folks. It was Donald Trump. What's wrong with you, Eddie? Talking like that. His skin isn't even black. Well, did you see the people who uh, Barack Obama surrounded himself with? I happen to think yesterday was a really good show. A lot of people needed that. I think a lot of people felt contemplative. They sort of felt at this point, they feel robbed. You're at the end of this COVID, you went along with all this crap. This isn't a bad dream, folks. This is your reality. You said nothing, did nothing, went along with it. Oh, the COVID's got me. I know, I know someone I know per, uh, someone who's had COVID like twice, has other viral infections, never taken any. Uh, it works in the medical professional industry, can hardly talk unbelievably has had COVID two times and the people that she's closest to have never had COVID and all they do is take oregano oil and OSHA. How's that? And vitamins and drink water. Meanwhile, 75% of the country we're all vaxxed and we got COVID multiple times. Kim Keller, he's, he's triple vaxxed, triple protected. 
what's that guy Trudeau? He he does the blackface up there in Canada, right? He's he's quadruple protect protected, no? Yeah, he's got the protections everywhere, but still the COVID because you didn't mask, you didn't vax, no? Yeah, bro, you're gonna get it. The boogie, it's spooky. Boogeyman's gonna come to get you because Eddie Aragon, he's spreading the virus. He's spreading it throughout New Mexico. <laughs> and disinformation. <laughs> yeah, it's disinformation and no and all that bad stuff. No, they're coming. And they someone's gotta take Eddie Aragon out. Gotta find that guy. Where does he live? You never figure out where that guy's out, bro. Where are you at? Eddie, I'm gonna come find you. Like, how stupid are you at this point? How stupid have you allowed yourself to become? Like, seriously, go walk yourself up to the room right now in the middle of this broadcast and go ask yourself, do I have my head up my ass? <laughs> Likely the answer is yes. I have my head firmly placed up my ass because I believe what the government and the media tells me. Yes. That Eddie Aragon even ran for mayor. Someone didn't take him out. How come? He's bad. He was throwing the race for killer. No, he liked the murder rate. So he has, you know, the stuff to talk about. Folks, we can wish all we want. You can wish all you want. Hey, wish upon a star. I'm going to take the family to Disneyland. Yeah, I can't go to Disneyland. It's going to take me $1,500 to drive there. It's expensive. Yes, it's like 520 because we got to fight for Ukraine. Ukraine, we got to fight for those Ukrainians. Now, Vladimir Zelensky he likes to play the, the piano with his, with his pee-pee. There he is out there playing out front. We got to protect that guy. And I know Hunter Biden, let's got to defend him and Joe Biden. They're good guys. No. All the wishful thinking that you have just thrown out the door. Donald Trump ain't coming back. There is no redo. There is no Donald Trump part do, part two, part you, nothing. Period. It's gone. It's over. Just stop. Okay. You lost. You failed. You failed. Every time that you didn't go ahead and defend your president, every time you didn't defend this country, every time you didn't defend your business, every time you didn't defend any of those people, you failed. Anytime you trusted a Democrat, anytime you trusted Michelle Lujan Grisham, anytime you trusted Martin Heinrich, you failed. Anytime you trusted your doctor, anytime you trusted your HMO, anytime you trusted these people who, oh, they got it, he, he they think that they're doing some good stuff out there. They're putting their lives on the line. Thank you. Those nurses, they really care about me. The doc, no Mexico United, uh, Peter Trevisiani, he really cares about me. I'm, yeah, love, love has no boundaries. United and multi, I'm going to go get my $35 t-shirt at Dick's today. I support the community. No. You failed. All of you. You failed. I have a great place where you can see failure. It's in the mirror. Go to your bathroom. Hey, I gotta go. I gotta use the restroom. There I am. Failure. 
fiftieth. We suck again. Education, economy. We love our Democrats. Oh, we got our Mary got our marijuana. No. There it is, folks. First Hispanic president, first black president, first businessman president. Hey, you got rid of him. Happy birthday, no more. No, he's gone. That's it. Now there's no jobs. The economy's crashing. Things are heading down south. Oh, things are going to get better. We just got to print some more money, and that's it. We just got to go to the paper. What's I mean in the, in the printer over there? Can I get some more money? Just, just crank it. Just turn it out. Put the serial numbers at the bottom. Special numbers on there get you even more money. You get lucky like the bingo. My nana used to go to the bingo. You went over there. Folks, we're all sorts of stupid. Every day I read this terrible paper. This terrible Albuquerque Journal, whatever the crap this is. Bobby Wolf. Word sleuth. I don't even know what words are. I don't even know how to spell. What do you mean? I was a great speller. Horoscopes, wuzzles, buzzles, cryptoquip, TV, noticias, crap, crap. Your city sucks. Your state sucks. You suck. Daily. Because you can't bear to hear the truth spoken to you. That's why. I got to shut off Eddie Aragon. He's bad. He's bad for my ears. I can't get that in my head, no. Bad stuff. Oh, you know what? Who's going to save us? The Christian conservatives. If we just go to church, I'm pretty sure things are going to work out. Annie. This is uh, from earlier today. <clears throat> Sorry if you decide to read mediation. You need to enlarge it. Taken from the word among us daily mass, prayer and meditation. If I just go pray, things are going to get better. I can stay registered a Democrat. I can keep cheering for the Cowboys. I can keep working for the state of New Mexico. I can say my novenas, my morning prayers, and my evening prayers, and everything's going to be fine. Oh, everything's going to be good. Oh. God always provides. No, does he always provide, right? Doesn't matter how hard-headed I am. He's going to speak to me. All right, so uh, let's... Uh, Let's listen to Jerry. Tuesday, June 14th. Like, like this person has no idea that this is Donald Trump's birthday. Uh, the leader of the free world. What, what free world are we talking about? <laughs> Tuesday, June 14th. Matthew 543 through 548. Love your enemies. Yes, you know what? Love has really led us here. Like, if there's anything that I've seen... It's, you know, the assassination, character assassination, actual assassination attempt one. You know, good Catholics like Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah, just go and hit the guy, you know. We're protesting. We want to make sure that we have the right to murder babies, and we're going to do it right in front of Ka uh, Ka uh, Kavanaugh's house. Yes, yes. Amy Coney Barrett, she's Satan. Meanwhile, she's adopting black children. she got seven kids. She has no notes. She does everything from her head. She went to Notre Dame, first in her class. I mean, seriously. There was ever someone that I was, like, interested in. Like, I was like, oh, my God. 
Is, it, is it, she she available and single? It would be Amy Coney Barrett. Wait, and she's a Supreme Court justice. What do you need to do? I will I will raise your kids. I will do anything you tell me to do, lady. And you're that smart? Oh my God, I'll just marry. Can I just marry to your? Can I marry your brain? It's so gorgeous. I don't even need to look at your face. I could be married to that for the rest of my life. <clears throat> uh, what does Jesus mean when he tells us love our enemies? Does he mean that we have to like them or become their friend? Do we have to think of them fondly or send them a Christmas card each year? The short answer is no. Because love doesn't necessarily involve our feelings. Remember, this is a Christian writing to a Catholic about somebody by the name of St. Thomas Aquinas. Let me, let me tell you something, Christians. Do not write to Catholics about St. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, this, this is, this is uh, 13 years of Catholic school speaking to you today. K through 12, baby. And then some. Yeah, and almost into the priesthood, by the way. Eddie, I think you should start preaching. No. Gotta really get the word of God out. It's on your heart. Put it out there. St. Thomas Aquinas defined it. To love is to will the good of the other. You may have a strong dislike of someone. You may find them difficult. Like, this is underlined. Double underlined, sent to me. You know. You may have a strong dislike of someone. You may find them difficult, annoying, or mean-spirited. They may have hurt you, rejected you, or ridiculed you, but you can still desire their good. How? Let's consider it a few ways. Yeah. Hey, let's love our enemies. That's really helped. How's that help? First, you can pray for them. Okay. Let's everybody say a prayer. Let's say a prayer for our enemies because we're really going to speak to the people who are trying to, you know, go full woke transgender on us. I think if, you know, you're trying to convert a child, you know, from a, a man to a woman or a woman to a man at a young age and they don't know any different, that really speaks love. That really speaks acceptance, you know. They're standing in front of a toilet. They've got something, but they've decided that it's not the something that they think that they thought it was at the very beginning. That speaks love. I don't know about you, but I feel love when I see that. You know, a parent trying to, you know, gaslight their kids into thinking, no, that's not a penis. No, no, you don't stand when you pee. You sit down. Yes, that that speaks love. Volume. Oh, you feel like a woman. Oh, you like the color. Oh, Barbies. Yes, here's some Barbies. I'll give you some Barbies. You want to throw like a, a girl? You want to act like a man? I mean, really, that speaks love. Let me help you be realize yourself. Forget God's creation. It's all about what we feel. Right? That feelings are really the truth. If you, if you really get down to the bottom of everything, I really feel like every single time I got into a conversation about feelings with somebody, that we really rooted to the bottom of the, of everything. Right? First, you can pray for them, Dowd. Pray that they experience God's love. Look, God's love is a feeling. No, it's it's not a directive. There's no commandments. There's no proverbs. There's no, no Ecclesiastes. There's no like two thousand years of history. No, none of that. Nope. How do you feel? Do you feel like a man or a woman today? That's love. What do you feel like today? 
God wants you to be whatever you want to be. Be what you want. <clears throat> do what you want to do. Go where you want to go. Go, go where you want to go. Do, do, woo. Pray for healing of any past hurts that may be causing their negative behavior. Negative behavior? Like someone standing up for something that they know to be right? That's very negative. How dare you stand up for something that is right? How do you know what's right? What's right for me isn't right for you. Right is a relative. Yeah. You see the slippery slope here. God's word really means nothing to these people. Pray for the healing of any past hurts that may be causing their negative behavior. Pray for God's blessing. Yes. God, uh, don't, don't judge by the fruits. Uh, judge by their inheritance that we will tax and never let them actually experience because, you know, why should anybody inherit anything? Their father and their father's father and their father's father's father was a racist. He shouldn't have had anything. He should play, uh, what is it called? What do they call it? Reparation. Reparation. Pray especially that you own your heart, that your own heart would soften so that you are able to see other persons as a flawed human being just like you. We love imperfection. Someone whom the Lord loves just as he loves you. Like this woman underlined this stuff and sent this to me. Second, try not to disparage the other person. Yes, that's a great idea. I, I'll, if there's anything, do not point out the shortcomings or the evil in other person. Never. Just allow evil to exist. I think the best thing to do is if you see evil, don't judge it. Let it come in, and if you love it, if you hug it hard enough, I'm. I, you know what I've always found with evil? Just tell evil how much you love it, and it, it changes. I don't know about evil, but I love it when you just, I don't know about you, I like giving a, the evil a big, just a big kiss. Well, because after all, we, we all have our own truth, and who am I to really say, yeah. you know, what's right or wrong? Come here, evil. Let me... Oh, evil, it's going to be okay. I'll make you good again. <laughs> let the light outshine the darkness. Let me just... Let me hug it. Let's hug it out. Let's hug it out, evil. How about that? That that, that works. Yes. You know what? We should just let our guards down and let everything in and let love in. Feels so good. I love it when I let love in. It's all know. part of the same journey. Really, we're all just on the same journey. <laughs> Is everybody high or drunk or stupid? I don't know. It's all the same to me at this point. Everybody in New Mexico, yeah. All right, bro. I I I feel you, man. See where you're coming from. Don't worry about it. All right, I've been there, bro. I've been there. There's always a temptation when we are hurt or angry about the way we've been treated to express our negative feelings about the person to somebody else. Oh, let's not act like they do. That's worked really well for Republicans. We don't want to be like they are. We want to be more accepting. We want to accept all of this stuff that they've been putting on us, made us feel guilty about, and then we don't want to go ahead and reproject the very same thing because why would we do that? Just got to let love in. Let love rule as as the great Lenny Kravitz says, let love rule. <clears throat> of course, it's important to talk through this situation. There we go, counseling. Hey, everybody. We all just went to counseling, and we all just talk, talk it out, hug it out, and talk it out. Everything's going to be just fine. Just get your feelings. 
No judgment, no rules, no anything, just feelings. With a spouse or a trusted friend, but do so in a way that doesn't tear. Spouse, that's assuming that anybody has a spouse anymore, right? Even those of you who have spouses, when's the last time you actually talked to your spouse? <laughs> Let's be real now. You have no idea what's going on with your wife, and your wife has no idea what's going on with you. You guys haven't talked in years. She goes to sleep to TikTok. She wakes up to YouTube, and uh, she medicates in the morning, and she sedates at night. Yeah, that's a relate. That's a relationship. But somehow you copulate twelve times a year, generally on Saturdays, and sometime around a full moon. <clears throat> Boy, this truth is hitting people hard. Hey, we gotta shut up that idiot Uragon. He's over there. He's all angry about stuff. I don't know what. He keeps pointing out. How does he know what's going on in my house? All this stuff that's happening around me. He says it all. <laughs> He keeps talking about the truth that's happening. How does he know? He gets it all right every single time. The guy is crazy. Is there a camera in here? There he is talking about what's happening in my house now. If you want to love them by willing their good, then you don't want to injure their reputation. <laughs> no! The last thing we want to do is injure their reputation. Don't. Let's start a whisper campaign. Or gossip about them. No, no. Just make up lies. Just straight up lies. You know what you want to do? You don't want to, you know, gossip about the rubbish. Just make up bold-faced lies about them and then get as many people to repeat it as possible and then just say, you know what? He's a terrible person, don't you know? Being careful with your speech is good for you, too, because it helps. She's literally underlying this. There it is, Dow. Look at that. She's literally underlining this. Mm. Wait till you see what comes after this. Being careful with your, you know what? If there's anything that people need to know about me is that I'm reckless and I'm very uncareful with my speech. I don't believe in the First Amendment. I believe that I should go ahead and supply a full transcript to the United States government about everything that I want to say before I get on air. I think that's, that's right. the idea. If I can do that and get it vetted and then say, hey, I'm going to come and tell these people this on this day, will you allow me to say it? Will that, will that be good for you? Yes, we approve. Being careful with your speech is good for you, too, because it helps keep your negative commotions from spiraling out of control. That crazy talk show host, there he is again, spiraling out of control. Underline, double, triple underline here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The threat's coming. You good Christians. Good Christians like Trudy Jones and Brooke Basson. Great Republicans. Finally, since none of this is easy, just ask for God's grace. Believe that if Jesus is asking you, what kind, I feel like I'm being manipulated, huh? Don't you feel like you're sitting down and this, like the peer pressure is coming in. Well, I just happened to read on Donald Trump's birthday, uh, this type of thing. Like, this, this is a closet liberal literally gaslighting the entire Christian community to this dumb crap. Oh, I'm supposed to read this. I always read it before I get up. It's the affirmation. Finally, since none of this is easy, continually asking for God's grace, believe that if Jesus is asking you to love your enemies, then he must also be willing to give you all that you need to do it. Just love them out forever, no matter how bad they are. 
Don't ever judge. Let them raid your bank account, raid your family. Let Give them the last dollar, the last bullet, the last gun, the last piece of property. You own. Just give it to them. Because love rules. Give them your city, your mayor, your values. That's okay. Understanding love is love is in, love is enough. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some fire and brimstone. I'm ready for some old. It's Old Testament times now, boy. I'm ready for some Old Testament. Light up Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> Send the fireballs out. Massive extinction. I mean, we're we're at that point. No matter how you may be feeling, go ahead and try to love an enemy even though what you might do might seem like baby steps. Know that you are actually taking great strides towards becoming perfect, just like your heavenly father. Be kind. Kindness matters. Kindness is first. Then I got uh, First Kings and Psalm. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Yeah. I appreciate the input. Sorry if you decide to read mediation. You need to enlarge it. Taken. From the word among us, daily mass, Eddie, prayer and mediation issue. Okay, there it is. Word among us. The Catholics sending it the uh, word among us. Buenos dias, de la Dios, Mr. Eddie and staff. Yesterday afternoon's program made me tune to another conservative program on 1140 a.m. Okay. Sayonara. Have fun. I didn't realize I was looking to vet my program for you before. I need to find my truth somewhere else. You profess to be Christian, Eddie. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. Your derision of Mrs. MLG was too heavy. <laughs> too heavy. It's too fat, too heavy, and her decisions are pure evil. But, oh, yes. I had to turn because I couldn't, I couldn't listen. Yep, there it is. Wow. I, I understand your quote, I think. I think outbursts. Wild. Let's go back to shoot. Let's let's go back. Tell the tape. <laughs> no matter how you may be feeling today, go ahead and try to love an enemy, even though what you do may seem like baby steps. Taking great strides, keeping your negative emotions from spiraling out of control. There it is. Now. Mm -hmm. Everything's out of control. That ship has sailed with me. My, my, my anger has already spiraled out of control yeah, long ago. I don't know if you've been around. You, sh you should come to my radio studio if you could find it <laughs> and see how much. I would like for you to find something that's spiraled out of control around here. Just one thing, even a sticker. Show compassion and, and, and love and forgive our abortion on demand governor. Yeah, that, that's something I'm going to uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Christian, folks. Here's yeah. a Christian, Jerry. Jerry. Hi, Jerry. I understand your outburst because I have close family members who spew, spew. <laughs> the same dislike and hate for her and Mr. Biden, to name a few. You know what we need? You know what we, we need more Republicans of people to really just hug it out, love it out. When you see Michelle Hunger, let me love you. I know you're hurting and you're making the wrong decisions, but Michelle Hunger, if I loved you a little harder, Maybe, maybe you'll change. Yep. yep. Maybe you'll see the light. I understand because I have close family members who spew the same dislike. <laughs> preaching, preaching. Today's first reading on Ahab and Jezebel's killing and taking possession of Naboth property 
Sounds like what our politicians may be doing to us, Eddie. See, we agree. See, Eddie? See, I feel like you do, Eddie. See, see, see? But for these crimes, Ahab repented when God prophet told him what would happen to him. Jezebel didn't repent and met her horrific death. The mediation above is on today's gospel from Matthew. You should read it. You profess to be a Christian, and you spew this. <laughs> you spewer. You're a spewer, Eddie. <laughs> My mom would say to those she was at odds with, God asked me to love them. I can because I don't sleep with them. <laughs> Very funny. We need to treat them better than they want for us. Don't you know? Oppose them, but not climb into bed with them. Oh. What does this become about sex? Just told you about some big giant fat ass walking in the elevator and suddenly you're bringing up sex. That's all sorts of strange. I took a very curious turn. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, what? what? And you're Christian, I thought. Why are you talking about sex again? What is all this? Not climbing to bed with them? Why are we climbing into bed with them? Boy, dear Lord, prevent me from climbing into bed with the next person I might see. God asked me to love them because I can, because I don't sleep with them. We need, and then she put a heart, the red heart. She wanted to make sure she thought. We need to treat them better than they want for us. Oppose them, but not climb into bed with them. Pray for your enemies. St. Thomas Aquinas finds it to will the good of the other. If I just will it, if I just want Michelle Lujan Grisham to be good and the Democrats to be good, I think they inevitably just will be good. I don't know about you, but my will is so powerful. I would call it omniscient. I don't know if you know as a Christian what that word means, but you might want to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Omniscient. omniscient. I've been doing this for 30 years. Every time that I just send good vibes to my enemies, yeah, they, I, they, they wake up. Yeah, they, they change their ways. Yeah, you know, if I pray for them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to hope they do God's will. I mean, yeah. We're beyond prayer, folks. We are beyond prayer. Right. And here we go. Here comes all the backhanded compliments. The first paragraph of the mediation lays this out, Eddie. Pay attention. I will continue listening. Oh, thank you. Really? You will continue listening? Should we all thank you? Because uh, we're speaking the truth here. Uh, I am so glad that you, of all people, are listening, Jerry. We are grateful for you endowed. She can't even spell your name. Can't spell my name. I'm not E-D-D-I-E. It's Y. You would have known that if you actually voted for me for mayor. Hello. Anybody who voted for me for mayor doesn't need to know how to spell my name because it literally said it on the ballot. E-D-D-Y. What's an Eddie? Mm. We are grateful for your Dowd research, chewing it up and presenting it for us. Yes, we, we did that, especially for you. I'm the, the chewer. Eddie Aragon is the spewer. That that's that's oh, that's. Oh, I like that. There we go. Huh? Chewer and spewer. There we go. Yeah. I'm also said, don't leave the crap in your mouth. Spit it out, or it will choke you. Oh, she's texting me as we speak. She's listening. I thought she was listening to 11:90 a.m. Don't you have to another radio station you have to listen to? The real conservative she station. station. <laughs> right. She called it 11:40 a.m. 11:90 a.m. <laughs> The chewer and the spewer. <laughs> I will continue listening. We are grateful. Chewing it up and presenting it for us. Don't leave the crap in your mouth. Spit it out or it will choke you. Don't let them take you 
to their pile of crap. Oh, apparently I'm becoming a pile of crap when I'm fighting back. Anytime we fight, right? So if Mark Ronchetti fights or if uh, Yvette Harrell fights or any candidate fights, suddenly they are the, the spewer. Right? Is, that, is that where we're going with this? Is that, is that the KKOB uh, version of things? Yeah, we, we don't like to talk negatively about it. We just like to ignore it completely. That's going to solve a lot of problems. Take the moral high road. Wow. The moral high road. That, that's assuming there's something called morality anymore, right? At some point, I, what, where's the morality in society, period? We all have our own truth. We're, yeah, we all have our, we, there's not even a Bible anymore. I mean, in fact, you're, what you send me isn't even the Bible. It's St. Thomas Aquinas. There is nothing in there about the Bible. There's just pieces of the Bible with your interpretation and the daily word that comes out on Donald Trump's birthday that I'm supposed to follow because you sent it to me and you're going to continue listening. Boy, that's a high level of manipulation. And I'm not that stupid. I'm not. And we are tired of being that stupid. But some of you don't even know to be tired or whether or not you're even stupid. You really don't. You want to find stupid? It's in the bathroom when you look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth in the morning. That's where it's at. It's the person who enables, who makes excuses, who doesn't fight back. It's the person who takes everything that the government is telling them and that the radio is telling them and that, oh, my friend, yeah, my friend's getting into real estate. I want him to sell my real estate because he's my friend, isn't he? Uh, you're going to leave some money on the table. Uh, yeah. I'm a- yeah. So much for being a friend, huh? That's in a very practical way. No, this is long, but God bless, love. And you know what? When you tell me God bless you at the very end, I'm okay with anything else you say. Don't worry about it. As soon as you say God bless you, God loves you, I'll pray for you. Oh, if you say you pray for me, I am. There you go. Right there. I'm right there with you. I'm on your side every time. Many prayers for your work, your great staff, and all you do for our enlightenment. Well, I don't have a staff. We only have the truth. And we're only spewing and pushing this stuff out. I apologize. No, I don't. I don't apologize for anything. This is incredibly grating. I get feedback like this all the time. You're headed into a downturn. You're going into a second COVID. You're going into a long depression, folks. Economic depression. They're going to raise and jack rates up three quarters of a point. It's probably going to have to happen two or three times here in the next year. Two or three times. You're going up to two and a half, maybe 3% by the end of the year. There's no going back from this. We've printed all the money we can. We've, we've removed every fail safe that we possibly can so that we can go ahead and say, well, you know what? It's going to be okay. If we keep telling ourselves things are going to be okay, then they're going to be okay. You know what God does do? He allows you free will. He allows you to be stupid and make dumbass decisions every single day. Because, honestly, experience is the best teacher. Unfortunately, it kills all his pupils, and you might just be one of them. Oh, I got vaxxed. I'm okay. They told me to get back. And they told me to wear the mask. And then they told me to take the PPP. Then they told me not to go here, not to go there. And do not go here, do not go there, do not go anywhere. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, black fish, blue fish, both fish, two fish. I'll just go anywhere. 
I do not like them, Sam I am. How's that working out for you? It's not. But you're still trying to convince yourself that it is. I used to love the Jetsons, especially the morning. You'd listen to it in the morning and you hear George scream, Jane, stop this crazy thing! Got his little briefcase, supposed to be the future. You jump in, Rosie's cleaning the house. Jane is hot as ever with her red hair. You got Elroy, you know, daughter Judy. You got everybody in there. Everyone's zapping, going every place. Things are fun, but, you know, biggest problem he had was a little four-foot midget who was telling you what to do the entire time. How different is your life than George Jetson? You can hold your little vehicle in a little case. You can have everything all done, all the modern convenience and everything, but you still got the little person telling you what to do. Somehow you've rationalized that you got to be okay with that. George didn't have to keep that job, but yet you still had to go to work, go work for that little midget. And still you guys are doing the very same thing here. And very thing came to me today. I'm like, this is like the Jetsons. Here we are. We have everything in the world figured out with the exception of our relationship with power. Every single thing we've figured out, except that. Because you've rationalized yourself into a corner. And you have a level of existential threat that you have yet to actually deal with. I would invite you to recognize the absurd in your own life by starting to read things like Nietzsche and Camus. And getting involved in philosophical discussions about the absurdity of your own lives, folks. Because Christianity ain't doing it. And right now, God is dead because you killed him, not because he doesn't exist, because you have buried every single wall around yourself to justify your own existence and your own reality. God is always there. Always. And he's most present when things are most problematic, yet you choose to ignore. Some people don't even acknowledge God at all, yet some of those, some of those people are the closest people to God altogether, top to bottom, because they understand the fundamental principles, and they don't send me absurd crap like this that I receive, where someone's quoting liberally, especially the Catholic Church, which is on the side of Joe Biden, which is on the side of love and Black Lives Matter and transgenderism and, and vaccine conception. And there you go. Vaccine. It's all right there. And you're like, oh, I'm going to go along with it because the church said we have to sit outside the church and listen to 92.1 FM while the priest is inside preaching because of the vaccine or because of the uh, virus. Like, how much stupider can this get at this point? Well, it's only as stupid as long as you let it. Don't be George Jesson, be Judy. Be Jane. Be Elroy. They're constantly happy. They never had any problems other than the ones that George brought home every single time he was interacting with power. Even Rosie didn't know what to do. Even she found love. Robots find love. She lost her mind. She couldn't do her job anymore because she was run amok with emotions, with feelings. You're like, what? What the hell is Eddie talking about the Jetsons? I don't even know where he started. He had some sort of script about some woman texting in and something about uh, Donald Trump's birthday, and I don't know where he's going. He's all over the place. Yeah, am I really? Or are you all over the place? 
and you can't figure out any direction without getting direction from somebody else. I don't give directions. I don't give Dow directions. I don't give, I don't give my kids directions. They follow because they have a leader. Yesterday, we went to the Ghetto Smiths. Why? Because that's where I go to shop because my uncle managed the store that I don't speak to anymore, by the way, because I had to throw him out of my parents' house for being completely and totally disrespectful to my parents. I threw him out. I want nothing to do with you. Never bite the hand that feeds you, period. Ever. Not once. We'll talk about environmentalism. I've been writing a lot, um, thinking about a lizard inside a cage and how the lizard doesn't have to behave a certain way in order for its environment to change. It sort of changes on its own. And I want you to think about you being God in that lizard's life who's in the aquarium. And there's nothing that the lizard can do that's going to change ultimately what it does. And I want to relate that to environmentalism, which is very important. A very important lesson. I mean, we're at this point where we're, we're thinking about things in really rote ways, unfortunately. Because common sense has escaped, and I can have these kinds of conversations because you're not thinking about the fundamentals, ins and outs, do's and don'ts, ups and downs. Just the basic physics of life, physics of morality. If this, then that. If A, then B. You know, it, right now, it's if, if it's A, then Z. You want it all. Just because. Like, that's how far-fetched this has gone in our modern modern convenience. I don't think I'm so much as upset as I am just sort of deflated by the number of people who continue to enable the other side in one form or another. They feel like they have to work across the aisle, have to figure stuff out with other people, and it's like, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, we have facts and facts don't care about your feelings. And we're all about feelings now. Oh, I feel woman. I feel man. I feel this. I feel that. And because I feel that's what really matters. You know what doesn't matter? Feelings. Feelings don't matter. Period. Okay. I don't feel like eating that, dad. I don't care. You want to starve? This is what you get. We go down to Smith's. I gave them 20 bucks a piece. Okay. We show up at Ghetto Smith. Love Ghetto. I love Ghetto Smith. <laughs> Get a movie. Go down and just watch. Watch the people. Oh my gosh. It's, it's wonderful. Like, this is an experience. I'm going to hang out there. You know, my uncle used to run that store in the area I grew up in by the university I went to, right down the street from the hospital that I was born in, on the place where my radio station is, in the neighborhood that I love, in the city that I want to be in. And I'm happy to take my kids right there. And they have more wealth in front of them than they'll ever see anywhere else. They could travel the world and they'll never get more culture than they will in the most interesting city in the world. And they have the most interesting father in the world who's going to go and show them all this stuff. But we're going to do nothing more than spend 20 bucks a piece at a stupid grocery store. My kids already know. They're seven and nine. They know how to do laundry. They know how to walk into a laundromat. They know how to handle themselves. They know how to separate Colors from whites and dark colors. They know how to shop, what's on what aisle, where they can find it. They're reading the back of nutritional labels, despite the fact that it's coming from the government. I said, well, don't pay attention. They're at least telling you what's in it because they're supposed to by law. Shouldn't you know what you're putting in your body? 
I start TikToking, I start looking at all the different things, people dissolving certain meats and certain chicken bits and different pieces of water. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll never eat a chicken nugget again. <laughs> I never will. It's good advice. My kids won't eat it either. I showed them the video. I said, do you want that in your body? Mira, mira, mijo, do you want to see what's in the chicken nuggets? No, look at that. It's terrible. There's plastic particles and steel bits and all sorts of things. McDonald's wants you to eat for free because they're going to kill you. We went through. We came out. And we were sitting behind a man, and I couldn't be any more patient because that's the only way I am. I'm just sitting there. I can't believe, like, the total rush. It's like a drug of all these different people coming at you at once. You're, like, staring at them like, oh, my God, it's better than a circus. Like, literally, you just look at it, and it's like, everyone's so interesting. You know, like, where are they coming from? What are they doing? And my kids are walking through the store like that. That person's very nice. So that person, they've got all these little things that just come out of your mouth, and they're interacting with everybody around them. Like the whole world is like communicating. Around. I'm going on the next trip. Oh yeah, we just there's a, so Sebastian went over. Samuel stayed under budget. Okay, and they're very mindful. Everything as a child, when you're a child, everything is so important to them. Every choice, every decision, every little thing, it's like, it's seismic, right? You know, everything's a little move and it means a lot. And, you know, things are very serious and, you know, they still say, I'm sorry, or, oh, I'm sorry, Dad, or I'm going to get this right. or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know? By the way, they're here. They're here all the time. But they came out knowing how to plug in a card, what it costs, how much money they saved, how to read the, the whole, EV, the, the, the card thing that tells you how much it costs and, you know, how would you like to pay by card? Type in the, the special number so you can get the, the, the membership, right? <laughs> of, I'm a member of Smitty's, Smith's, whatever. Yeah. They do that. They do laundry. Like little things. The best thing that you can do with your kids is just take them to the very things that you're doing. Like that's more interesting to them than hanging out, playing video games all day, you know, screw around, watch it. Like being involved in your life all the damn time. Like, what, what are you doing? I don't know. But you could better learn how to know how to run a radio station. Better know how to do this. Better know how to do that. Like, that's what you got to do. Put that in front of them. I don't know where I'm going with that or what the point is other than life is pretty good. Life is interesting. As long as you spend the time with your kids. I'm reading, I'm, they're reading these Tuttle Twin books. Oh. Yeah. So we got the Tuttle Twin series. They're, they're through the first one. You know, we're watching that, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm worried that... The, the world is changing underneath them and they're not going to be able to go ahead and behave in a world like that. Be in a world where things are practical, simple, easy, you know, that's, that's my, my greatest worry is the things that I'm teaching them aren't going to be applicable because the rules of the game are changing, not for me and for you, but for everybody. My kids aren't worrying about environmentalism. They're not worried about, well, what's my carbon footprint? Dad, we need to turn off the lights. We need to save energy. We're not doing that. It's not what we're supposed to be thinking about. Just like the lizard. I'll go, I'll go there now. I'll talk about this. The lizard doesn't think about what it's supposed to eat or what it's not supposed to eat. It just knows what it eats. It knows the environments that it in. It doesn't think about, well, I need to conserve X amount of leaves because I know the leaves aren't going to exist in about three months. And if I use too many leaves, then it's going to impact other aquariums and other other lizards and other places. Like, that is totally stupid. The lizard is a hell of a lot smarter than you are. 
The lizard, all it has to do is exist and behave and be in its own place. Well, we have achieved this level of absurdity in our own life where we're contemplating things that our own actions don't have any impact on whatsoever. And you're deciding to do this and you're thinking like, why am I doing this again? Oh, because someone told me that environmentalism is really, really important. And my carbon footprint is damaging this giant, great, big earth. <laughs> As if you could even matter. We are negotiating ourselves right out of our own existence here in this country because we have taken on the mantra of this stuff of putting everything else that has nothing to do with us first ahead of us because they have convinced you of this and you've taken it hook, line, and sinker because you didn't have a moral compass and you needed a virtue signal about values that you didn't have any values on until somebody else told you that it was valuable. This is the problem when you grow up in a world that doesn't have any values is you start adopting other people's values because of the weight, whether it's the presence, the volume, the sheer magnitude of, well, 4713, KKOB, everybody's telling us all these types of things are the right thing, so it must be the right thing, and I go along with that regardless of what it is. That is what happens when you grow up without any sense of morality. You adopt other people's morality, and then you virtue signal, and you make other people feel it, even though you don't believe it, so that you can make that value more of a reality for yourself. There's no other way I can make, make that any plainer than you. It's a complicated set, but really very, very simple. I don't stand for something, fall for anything. And that's what's happening. The entire world's like, oh, yeah, Ukraine. We got to stand up for Ukraine. I'm okay paying $5.22 for gas. It's okay. Because those guys need it. I'm willing to do I'm going to do my part. Because that Stephen Colbert, he's a funny guy. No, I like him. No, no, no. You're not saying that part. That's You're lying to yourself. <laughs> you are. There's nothing funny about the guy. It's all written for him. He's delivering. It's all propaganda. Nobody is okay with paying $5.22. And to think that here we are on the 76th birthday of Donald Trump after he made his energy independent. Don't you know that Keystone and XL, we didn't even use it. It's never even opened up. It was bound to happen because those greedy oil men, they just wanted their money. That's what it was. Don't you know? Like, oh, yeah. You're all sorts of stupid standing in front of me. But I, wow. <laughs> Simple economics textbook would have told you the complete and total opposite. We were energy dependent, number one in the world, and that exporter ready to go ahead and take on the world and uh, supply gas. At a uh, rate of about uh, $2.20 and stay there. No, we're going to shut down the coal plant. The black smoke, it's damaging the white clouds up there. The Native Americans aren't going to be able to go ahead and celebrate 100 years from now. This is their land. It's stolen. Really? More stupidity? Okay, great. <laughs> serve that up while I sit here and listen to you, pal. And I'll, I'll just sit here and listen to you. We're, we're okay with that. <clears throat> 536 uh, here in the Kiva. 550, 5500. Once again, you're knocking it out of the park. E, what park? Is that Walsh Park? I saw you there last night. You're going to get your ass kicked if you show up there after midnight. 
Close Park. That's where Johnny used to hang out. <clears throat> Granted, this is the Arizona history or so tied into New Mexico. My great great grandmother got TB from Doc Holliday. Sorry about the spine on volume. Two pets, uh, cheetah, pulled the books off the top shelf. Like, like, like in the middle of the show, this person had to go to find this passage and to send it into the Kiva today. Like, think about that. Think about what we're uh, talking about here. Books off the top shelf, I really feel books should be read. I'm afraid to let them out of my sight. Do you know anybody that would treat history properly? Uh, yeah, there's a man who's across town from me who's got 600 books, and then there's a radio station uh, where I have uh, about 280 books, I think. I haven't, I've never counted, actually. The youngest, Arizona, the youngest state from McClintock. Oh, that's a cool chapter. Chapter 40, Southwestern Outlaws. The Earps and their career at Tombstone. What it costs to take sheep into Pleasant Valley. Justice's rough hone on the frontier. Arizona Rangers and their good work. Arizona's penitentiaries into the Wild West era. The most notable of Arizona's many exponents of gospel of violence unto all men were the Earps. Her early place tombstone on the map as well-deserving its cheerless uh, appellation. Wyatt Earp in 1881 was a deputy of the United States Marshal, and Virgil was a city marshal. Offices that afforded legal standing in the affairs which they were engaged. They were bad guys, don't you know? What's wrong with you? Don't be writing about them all good. They were very much at outs with Sheriff Johnny Bahan, with whom they divided the influence of the gamblers, who had much to say in those days concerning the administration of affairs. All the Earps had been professional gamblers. By the way, gamblers were seen as the highest profession. I don't know if you even knew that. Like attorneys, doctors, if you were a gambler, that was actually seen as a high-level profession. Just told that while not actively participating, they were parties to a notable robbery of the Bisbee stage, that the actual work was done by Frank Stilwell, and that the primary cause of trouble between Stilwell and the Earp gang arose out of the refusal to divide up the spoils. But Phil Potter, well-known stage driver, was killed at the box of the Benson stage near Contention. Bob Paul, the United States Marshal for Arizona, was riding with him at the time. As guard, it's possible that the bullet hit the driver and is attended for the messenger. The Earps and Doc Holliday were absent from the town at the time of the particular episode, but returned after to jaunt into the country. They were not arrested. The shooting of Phil Pot generally was charged to Holliday. John Dunbar remembers that particular day when he let Holiday have a horse. If it was from the stage robberies that the Earps derived the major part of their income, the money only served for the purpose of dissipation. Another factor was that the town really terrorized the larger part of the population, simply was trying to keep out of trouble the little things of which they may knew. So, popular support was not given to any effort towards the enforcement of the law with the detection of criminals. Undoubtedly, the most notorious episode is Tombstone's early history, October 26, 1881, the Clanton gang of the Cowboys had refused to recognize the local supremacy of the Earps, and there was bad blood between the factions. On the night of the 25th, Ike Clanton, a prominent, though decidedly not plucky, member of the Cowboy faction, had been arrested by City Marshal Virgil Earp, had been fined $50 for disorderly conduct, which appears to have been merely objecting to the Marshal's abuse. On the morning of the 26th, the Clanton gang of Tombstone were Tom McClowry, Frank McClowry, Billy Clanton, and I Clanton, they had appreciated the intimation that Tombstone was unhealthy for them and had saddled their horse to leave for their home, fronted on two streets. Fearing trouble, they planned to leave by rear gate on Fremont Street. 
By the way, Tombstone was the first Vegas. Ike Clanton and Tom McLeary were not armed for both the evening before they had their pistols taken from them by city authorities. The other had two had revolvers. The men were leading their horses out of the gate when they were confronted almost from ambush by four of the Earps, Virgil, Wyatt, Morgan, and Jim, and by Holiday. Virgil Earp, armed with a sawed-off express shotgun and accompanying his demand for a profanity, yelled, throw up your hands. But he didn't wait for the action, demanded that he shot almost as soon as he spoke. Tom McClowry showed his empty hands and cried, gentlemen, I am unarmed. Holiday answered with the discharge of the shotgun. Billy Clanton fell at the first fire, mortally wounded, and rolled over, uh, fired two shots from his pistol between his bent knees. One shot creased Morgan Earp across the shoulder and fell to the ground. I Clanton ran to the vacant lot, escaped. Frank McClowry remained fighting bravely, holding his horse by the bridle, and fired up four shots at three of the Earps in front of him. One bullet hit Earp, Virgil Earp in the calf leg. McClowry became aware that Holiday was shooting at him from the rear and had turned to answer the fire when his pistol was hit. He then raised his revolver, both hands shot, striking Holiday's pistol holster. At the same time, Morgan Earp rolled over him, shot from the ground, his bullet striking McClowry in the temple, killing him instantly. The Earps and Holiday then marched back to the main part of the town and surrendered themselves. They were examined behind the closed doors of the Justice of the Peace Spear, who discharged them as having acted as peace officers in the performance of their duties. Therefore, Virgil Earp received a bad wound in the arm, was shot by one some unknown person concealed in a building. Soon after, Morgan Earp was killed in Allen Street Saloon about 9 p.m. while playing billiards, his assassin shooting through a rear glass door, himself hidden in the darkness. The murderer was supposed to have been Frank Stillwell, a cowboy of the outlaw stripe. If it were Stillwell who did the shooting, he established a reasonable alibi by being in Tucson early the next morning. Clanton was already in Tucson under arrest for the stage robbery road between Tucson and Bisbee. A few days later, the Herbs Holiday and one Johnson started for California in charge of the Morgan Herbs body. The train then taken at Benson arrived in Tucson about dusk. I Clanton out on bail, learning of the presence of his presence of his enemy, secreted himself that's an interesting way of putting it, but still well, possibly to maintain his attitude of innocence, went to the depot and walked slowly among the train as if it were drawing out. Next morning his riddled with buckshot was found at the head of Pennington Street, possibly hundred yards from the tracks, back of the railroad station. Written history, right? All right there, right? Different version of what you know, maybe, from what you've seen in movies, but always two different versions. Generally speaking, to the victors go the spoils of one of which is the rewriting of that history. Or perhaps to any publisher and the sheer weight of people not wanting things to be a certain way can change history. That is literally happening in front of you right now as we speak. As we speak. Can't even find the actual video. Cannot find the actual video of the nine minute, 26 second video of Donald Trump winning the 2016 election. Can I call in today? Yes, you can. Uh, let's see. Burp it out, Eddie. Burp, burp, burp. More Dinah and Eddie during the week, por favor. Dinah comes in. She does the Española blotter. <laughs> you and her and Dowd are educating those low IQ Mexican fake Catholic voters. Uh, <laughs> this, is from, this is from Carmen. Yeah, it's perfect. Dominus Bobiscum, God be with you. I love you guys. Can I call and say you can always call in. Here, here you go. I'll, I'll, I'll forward the I'll forward the phones. Llama por telefono. Here we go. Let's see. Let's this. Uh, da, da. Yeah, go ahead, Carmen. Hold on, Carmen. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here we go. 
you know what this place needs is a cultural war. That's what this place needs. Cultural war and cleansing. Please, here we go. Pleading with me. Please don't define the Catholic faith by what is coming out of Rome. Rome has lost the faith. Those men are not of the church. Catholic Church is Christ, and the teaching of the church fathers do not charge. Change. It's men who change to try to become like the rest of society, and that's not the church. So this must be uh, uh, Peter and uh, uh, St. Peter and, and I think it was with Mary. I forget the name of the church on the west side. Ran into the priest uh, recently. The head priest over there. They have their backs to you, which I, I kind of like. Francis is not the Pope. He is an infiltrator sitting in the seat of Rome, but he has a heretic, and he is not the Pope. He is a heretic. That's from Sandra. Holy cow, Eddie. Was there any show prep today? Today is just a stream of consciousness. Little non-sequiturs out. Later. Have fun. Was there any show prep today? You might want to think about that statement. I think that that's important. That's an important statement that you're making be able to actually talk about the things that are happening and then reference my own personal life with the backdrop of what's actually happening. Hopefully you're experiencing what we're all experiencing right now. Then you would say that this is a very good show. In fact, that for me, this is hell of a lot more listenable than the other crap that, well, well we got to go ahead and cut to a break. We got, uh, I got to check in with this and check in with that. And here's the latest update. So I can pick your day. There is no day. Day has been abolished. Why? Well, the government sees to it that they can tell you when and how and where to go, at what time. That's all. It's all. It's all nonsense. Uh, Eddie, just in the in the texter's defense, um, ninety three minutes and ten seconds in. Uh, speaking for the audience, uh, maybe some of us need a bathroom break. <laughs> oh, there we go. I was, was, was going to check out. Uh, Dad, you can be back in a in a moment. We're gonna, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll bring it down down back. He's got he's got to run. Open rebuke is better than secret love. Twenty seven fifteen Psalm twenty seven fifteen. Faithful the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy deceitful. Also, there, uh, Proverbs twenty seven twenty seven five. Excuse me. Hey Eddie, I, I pray for my my enemies. Joe, Kamala, Chucky, and Nancy, AOC, and Bernie, and MLG. I pray their heads explode. David prayed that the Lord break the teeth of his enemies. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Eddie, I don't let this is Jerry. I don't live in Albuquerque proper. Read the gospel. This is a mediation mediation on the gospel. Last time I'll listen to you. God bless. Good luck, Jerry. Last time I will hear from you, hopefully. Murder Mike, listening. This is the best radio I've heard. <laughs> oh my God, stop. Stop, you're making me laugh. Good. Glad. I think we all need to laugh a little bit more. Here we go. Just uh, let you guys uh, know that doubt's back. <laughs> that hydrogen is not the most abundant thing in the universe. It's stupidity. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, the guys on KKOB need pronunciation lessons. They talk like idiots. They grate on my nerves. Idiocracy, the idiocracy, the movie. Life imitates art. I've never seen it. Doubt is it good? Oh yes, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's good. Mike Judge. He, he's never done anything bad ever. Okay. We went to the same high school. Eddie and Mike. Leftists think man invented God. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I wish I had sex with my wife twelve times a year. Wow, finger, <laughs> <of> Mongo. 
I know way more than all of you when it comes to certain things. God wants you to follow the rules or be damned to hell forever. Ah! World Almanac says there are 90,000 LGBTQ people and 15,000 transgender people in New Mexico. <laughs> oh, wow. News to me. Um, Trump can't win bingo. All right. Let's, let's see if we can do this for Donald Trump's birthday here. All right. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. If this does any better for us here. I'm praying down. This is no. Here we go. Come on, work. We'll try it. Here we go. Donald Trump just last week he confirmed to the National Review that he is again considering a run in 2016. Do it. Do it. Look at me. Do it. I will personally write you a campaign check now on behalf of this country, which does not want you to be president, but which badly wants you to run. Donald Trump has been saying that he will run for president as a Republican, which is surprising since I just assumed he was running as a joke. Is that people think that Donald Trump is a clown? Do Donald, Donald Trump is a clown. I mean, does anybody seriously think that Donald Trump is serious about running for president? Donald Trump, you know, he's a clown. The likely moderator yeah. apparently, apparently believes that Donald Trump is a clown. Which Republican candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Of the declared ones right now, Donald Trump. President Obama will go down as perhaps the worst president in the history of the United States, exclamation point, at real Donald Trump. Well, at real Donald Trump, at least I will go down as a president. So basically, this is the beginning of the end for Trump. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end is probably starting of the beginning of the end for, for Donald Trump. Donald, uh, you're not going to be able to insult your way to the presidency. The strongest person usually isn't the loudest one in the room. So right now we have Hillary's about 75 or an 80 percent favorite. We have different versions of the forecast you can look at. Paul has Hillary Clinton up by double digits nationally, 12 points, 50 to 38, four-way race. Clinton leading in Florida, Clinton leading in North Carolina, Clinton leading in Ohio, Clinton leading in Nevada. I could go on and on and on. Uh, I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And so right now, Mr. Trump, to answer your call for political honesty, I just want to say you're not going to be president. All right. It's been fun. It's been great. I love you. But, but come on, come on, buddy. We are making a projection right now. Donald Trump will take Ohio. Actually, I project Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida. Huge win for Donald Trump. Donald Trump, while we project, will win in Kentucky within Indiana with its 11 electoral votes. West Virginia, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, North Dakota uh, with its three electoral votes, and South Dakota, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, Utah, Wisconsin, Arizona, Kansas with its six electoral votes. Nebraska with its five electoral votes, and Wyoming with its three electoral votes. Sorry to keep you waiting, complicated business. Holy shit! You're awake, by the way. You're not having a terrible, terrible dream. Also, you're not dead, and you haven't gone to hell.
This is your life now. This is our election now. This is us. This is our country. It's real. Uh, give my uh, remarks to all of the Trump haters, all of the Hillary Clinton supporters, all of the people that said uh, that my Trump was going to lose. So I say to you this morning, the day after the election, I'm pretty good with that version. That, that's not the official nine minute. In, like, no, it's we uh, still can't get it. Can we? I'll take that guy, especially the black guy, laughing at the uh, very end out. I'm sure you probably feel the same. Yeah, way. if it's the best we can do, it's the best we could do. It's, uh, it's all right. There it is. It's been scrapped from the internet, uh, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, Carla, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. It's Carmen and Deming. Hey, Carmen and Deming. How are you? I, yeah, I, I don't well. remember talking to you before. You asked to call in, so uh, you are yeah. in. Uh, how's the how's the uh, haboob down in uh, Deming yesterday? Oh, just just like the book. <laughs> it was a wild, very dusty, like uh, quarter mile visibility. Yeah, did, and I, uh, did Michelle ahead. Lujan Grisham ever pay her bill on the uh, million dollars, two million dollars, three million dollars? You know what finally took place no. down as you guys brought in because we're, we're bringing in all the other the, the immigrants uh, again Carmen. yes i know i stuck my way into that um actually it was with dinah and stella we snuck our way into the fairgrounds and i took pictures but they wanted to take my phone away of all the cots and the red cross and all the clothing and all the food so yeah they're coming again but what can we do I don't know. What, you tell me Chinese? what. You tell me what can we do? What? What? Else? I don't know. I'm here for solutions, but I do have a treat for you before your break. Okay. What well, break? Break? Playoffs? What's a break? I don't even know what a break is. Break. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought. I wait. I who has show prep? Who does uh, 99 minutes of of radio uh, without show prep? What kind of person does that? What What kind of person can you possibly be to do 99 99 uh, minutes of uh, a show prep? Yeah. You have you have strong kidneys. Kidneys, yes. I don't even know. Where do I are my kidneys on my left or my right? Which way do I go? <laughs> they should be behind you. Oh, they're behind me. Above your hip. Like Satan. Satan is uh, behind. Yes. Yeah. I I mean oh, get me thee behind me, Satan. I don't mean yes. like Satan is behind me supporting me. Although many people would probably uh, say that. Too bad you couldn't vote in the uh, mayoral election. Yeah, I know. I I. Uh, if I want a big city, I'll move to a big city. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. That's awesome, Carmen. I like that. that was really, that was really good. Uh, I, have a, I have a treat for you for today. Okay. Is it Rice Krispie Treat? I love those. No, it's a musical treat. Oh, wow. Are you going to sing? You have a, have a, I am. Really? Yeah. What, what would you possibly sing to me? Here we go. You're a grand old flag. You're a high-flying flag, and forever in peace may you wave. You're the emblem of the land I love. 
the home of the free and the brave. Every heart beats true. Meet the red, white, and blue, where there's never a boast or brag. But should old acquaintance be forgot, keep your eye on the grand old flag. Bravo! Bravo! You trying out for the opera this year? I think you should. The opera needs some help. Uh, they'll probably make you a mask up, but that was beautiful, Carmen. Carmen! They are playing Carmen this year, the Santa Fe Opera. I won't be attending uh, because they're doing, but uh, Car- Carmen's great. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yes, I have. I used to teach French in my third level French class. It we doesn't end well. It doesn't end well for uh, old no. Carmen. She she goes no. down in flames, but uh, there you go. We, we all know the ending. I'll get chewed up if I go to the opera. Mosquitoes are lined up, ready to bite me out there. Really? I don't think it's it's, it's not quite like that, but I think you belong not uh, in the chorus or even amongst the orchestra or the crowd, but you belong up on stage. That was beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. It was just for Flag Day today. We love our flag. We love our country. I don't want it to turn into Venezuela. It's uh, on the brink. We are uh, closer than you think. I agree, but I don't know what to do. I pray every day. How's that work? Uh, uh, praying? Well, it makes my house and my house life saner. That's good. Yeah, that's all I can do is control my house here and my pets. What do you got? So, I have a black lab. Okay. And I have a seven, what, what's, uh, what's, the black, what's the black uh, lab's name? Coco, like Coco Chanel. Coco, oh, wow. She's fashionable. Yeah. Yes. Do you go on the catwalk? The dog? The dog going on the catwalk, you know? No, the catwalk. You do the twirl? No, no, the qu- no, I'm talking about the dog going on the cat. You know, that's a, that's a runway model reference. There's- oh, yeah, no, there not that kind of. On no, the catwalk. Just, yeah, on the catwalk. She just gives me hugs. Oh, okay. Hug? Yeah, How does she do that? Or- you don't have opposable thumbs. You. <laughs> She gets on her hind legs and gets her front paws all around oh, my Oh, there you go. Paw it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Carmen, thanks for listening all the way from Deming. What, yeah, is it? what Deming. the heck does Deming? Are, they, uh, are you going to go crush the grapes in September down there? I love going down there. I was here at the uh, wine festival. That was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, we grow all the grapes in the state of Mexico right down there. It's the first place we planted the grapes in the country, uh-huh. by the way. Yeah, the French and the Italians were down here. The French, they haven't been here since the 1600s. But, you know, Lake Home Winery is yeah, the, the big, is. big one down here. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm glad they renamed it. It was, uh, was St. Clair before, but we're not feeling very saintly anymore. So I'm all and about then, the and DH Lake Home. And then they mispronounce it. Lake <laughs> Home. Oh, come on now. It's French. Lake Home. Oh. All right. Why does everything well, sound better in French? Can you sing? Can you sing any Carmen for me? I've been waiting for that. Break out the Carmen. Oh no, I don't have any. Oh, okay, Carmen. you don't speak French, huh? I do. Je parle français très bien. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. So go, uh, go to the uh, the pearl fishers and go uh, to the famous oh. uh, pearl fishers. You, you might uh, remember it from the True Romance scene. Lachme. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 there's that. Lachme. Yeah. Lachme is one, and then the other yeah. one is the, the actual Pearl Fishers uh, itself, which is a, a different opera, but 
and nonetheless a good one. And and head on up here when you when you uh, stop through. I've got stickers and pens and notepads, okay. and um, you know I'll throw a bottle of wine at you as well. So uh, at me. You throw a bottle of wine at me. It's an expression. <laughs> hey, what is it? Oh, you got to think that the, the Spanish guy's so violent over here. So, uh, okay. No, I, I love listening. You guys make my afternoon go much smoother. And uh, I try to tell people all about you guys that tune in. So. I appreciate it. We've got uh, more listeners than we've ever had. It's kind of crazy. Good. Yeah, it's it's insane. And the time spent listening is, I it, it's off the charts. People lock in and they don't get off, so. There it is. Good. The crazier I am, the more they listen. There it is. Ah. All right. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Enjoy the afternoon All and right. the sunset. Hey. Okay. Oh, wow, the sunset. She seems like she has a great a great life down there in Deming. I know. I know. Isn't that something? Dad? Luna County, I believe. Luna. Luna. We follow the moon. Look at the moon. All right. And Nancy says, first time I ever listened to you, Eddie, uh, uh, to your station was the night you played president trump's speech the state of the union speech that was brought me to tears and i called in to talk to you, you were kind enough to let me talk about what a wonderful president he was and is right after the one we got in now and it was so anyway we just wanted and wondered if we could play that maybe that's a great idea i think it'd be a great idea to play the the greatest state of the union the one with rush limbaugh though i, I think that's would be a that's a great way to memorialize uh not just rush limbaugh but also um i think wish donald trump Happy birthday! The greatest state of the union. I think that would be something. inauguration speech was was underrated too, Eddie. Though that was a good one yeah. too. Uh, yep. you pick, why don't you pick for us, Dowd? Whether it's the inauguration speech or the state of the union, my my, I'm voting. I'm going for state of the union on that. Okay. Sorry, Eddie. It's Nancy. The place that uh, the state of the union. Yeah, she really wants state of the union. Bingo, Eddie. That's only a small part of it. Sometimes a lifetime is all that is required for show prep. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep, Melvin. 12! 12 times? That's a lucky dude. <laughs> yeah. Your show is awesome, Eddie. I'm uh, enjoying it immensely. It make pe makes people think. Once again, you're knocking it out of the park. Let's see what we got here. Oh, yeah. I love the defenders of the like the Catholic Church. The great defenders of the Catholic Church. The great defenders of their, their pastors. Things like that. Yeah, the, the text of the, the, the afternoon is, I wish I had sex with my, life, my wife 12 times a year. Wow, truth hurts. Amen, Eddie. Preach it. E, your opening today was 100% essay. Marilyn Monroe was an absolute icon, had impeccable style, often copied, never duplicated. Donald Trump, the best and most honest president ever, hated because he was always right. Uh, he said almost always, I think, that this actually right. That is not the video. I know I saw that too. Screw Hollywood. We'll give them all the deals and they don't hire hardworking New Mexicans. Um, the girl I know is a CDL driver for the movies, but because she is not vaccinated, they would not hire her for the latest project in town she was applying for. And she is union. Wow. Not surprised. They won't stop until they jab us all. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, let's see. Eli from New Mexico Service. You got the State of the Union uh, addressed out? Yeah, you know, I think I screwed it up. I, I do think the State of the Union is probably preferable because I was looking for the, the line, and I, th I, I thought he might have said it in the inauguration, but it was in that final State of the Union where he talks about um, this is the home of Thomas Edison and Teddy Roosevelt. 
Washington Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, uh, Harriet Tubman, the Wright brothers. And he he's just walking through American history at a time when wokeness was just about to, the tsunami of wokeness was about right. to wash yep. over us. And I, the, I remember the line now, I, I'm looking at a transcript of it right now, that what I love is the American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest, strongest, fiercest, and most determined men and women ever to walk on the face of the earth. That, you, you I mean, that is anathema to all opinion leaders and elites in our country today to be proud of coming to a mostly virgin land and carving a great nation out of it. That was the line I think that resonated the most. It was not in the inauguration. It was in the final state of the union. Yeah. There it is. Final state of the union. Donald Trump uh, coming up uh, right here in the Kiva. Dad will send that uh, to me. All I can find is the highlights. Once again, the state of the union probably being scrubbed absolutely everywhere. Everything as uh, they are trying to erase uh, Donald Trump from history, uh, literally, and uh, trying to criminalize him uh, forever here on his 76th birthday. Just absolutely amazing. Finding uh, no, uh, the only place I was able to find it is ABC News Australia. Is that about where you're at, uh, Dowd? Uh, I believe it or not, I can find it at PBS. Uh, it's the entire night's coverage, so I guess you'll have to. It doesn't begin until about an hour seven in, but I'm sending you the link right now. Okay, so we'll uh, check in on that. Uh, let's get to our top five here uh, momentarily. As always, we appreciate uh, everybody uh, tuning in. Uh, we're just at this particular point, I think, here in, in this country, and I think a lot of things are just, you know, getting erased right in front of us. Hard to believe that, you know, we've ascended and descended, and it is a very sad time, I think, in, in many ways, uh, just to see kind of what's what's happening right now. And, you know, I, I don't suffer fools. I, I don't suffer um, the lies and the total fraud that's going on here in this country. It's top to bottom. I mean, it is all happening you know, uh, during this time, and it's just absolutely uh, sickening. Down your top five is released this morning, and I got a, uh, several texts from yesterday, people who said that they were subscribing to you and just think the world of what Dowd uh, does. Uh, Dowd did put uh, something in one of his write-ups yesterday, and oftentimes, yeah, I don't think he feels appreciative en uh, enough. He works his ass off, and uh, we want to make sure that uh, you guys support Chat. Your top five, Dowd. Uh, I, I I adore my, my subscribers, and I know they appreciate me, and the offers are coming in for the trip to the airport, which I greatly appreciate. I'm going to make a lot of people angry because I can only pick one, but boy, that limo offer is really, really, really tough to beat. Really tough. Um, number one, uh, most clicked uh, item on the uh, Rock of Talk Daily Blast today was, is Juneteenth a federal holiday? We, we settled that for people who are uh, uh, employees of the federal government, or I you know, I don't know about Sandia and, and Los Alamos because they're technically, you know, government-owned, contractor-operated, but I'll get to the bottom of that one, too. Uh, number two, Eddie gave me such pleasure to read about this because I don't know anything about rodeos. I'm a lame white guy from New England. We don't do rodeos in New England. The Southwest Horsemen's Association's Wild West Rodeo came back after years to Grant County. They did roping, barrel racing, bull riding, and something I did not know, mutton busting, where kids oh. get up on sheep and the sheep run around and try to knock the kids off. Uh, it is banned in New York City, mutton busting, and it's banned in Alameda County, California, so there must be something right with it. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that people got out to the rodeo in Grant County. Uh, number three, no, Vladimir Putin did not cause inflation. A good essay from the American Institute for Economic Research. Uh, number four, watch out for bears, a uh, state 
fishing game uh, highlight little press release saying, uh, you know, the drought conditions are bringing out bears to areas where they might not normally be. And uh, number five, the global temperature record. This, I was really excited about this, Eddie, because it's a great two-part video by a guy who debunks the global warming uh, psychopath. So uh, some a, a wide variety of, of most popular links today. And you, ladies and gentlemen, can get the links every day, seven days a week, except for one week in August when I'm taking a, I'm taking a week off after two years. Uh, for less than 20 cents a day, Rock of talk.chat. Happy birthday, Donald Trump. Thank you, Dad, for doing what you do. Thank everybody for listening right here in the Kiva. And, uh, boy, you have not jumped the shark. We continue to do nothing but uh, broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting officially on the ticker, Dowd. I broadcast uh, straight uh, for what? An hour and 12 minutes? Uh, one hour and 45 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> straight, straight up. And another uh, hour and 21 55. Minutes. I'm sorry, 55. Oh, hour 55. There we go. <laughs> uh, go Donald Trump's final inaugural, or excuse me, final State of the Union, along with uh, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, maybe the greatest uh, State of the Union, in fact, the greatest State of the Union uh, speech in the history of this country. Happy birthday to uh, our wonderful 45th president, Donald J. Trump.
Members of Congress, the President of the United States. Thank you very much. Madam Speaker, Mr. Vice President, members of Congress, the First Lady of the United States. fellow citizens. Three years ago, we launched the great American comeback. Tonight, I stand before you to share the incredible results. Jobs are booming. Incomes are soaring. Poverty is plummeting. Crime is falling. Confidence is surging. And our country is thriving and highly respected again. America's enemies are on the run. America's fortunes are on the rise. And America's future is blazing bright. The years of economic decay are over. The days of our country being used, taken advantage of, and even scorned by other nations are long behind us. Gone <laughs> too are the broken promises, jobless recoveries, tired platitudes, and constant excuses for the depletion of American wealth, power, and prestige. In just three short years, we have shattered the mentality of American decline, and we have rejected the downsizing of Americans' destiny. We have totally rejected the downsizing. We're moving forward at a pace that was unimaginable just a short time ago, and we are never, ever going back. Just remember, folks, you let this happen. I am thrilled to report to you tonight that our economy is the best it has ever been. Our military is completely rebuilt, with its power being unmatched anywhere in the world, and it's not even close. Our borders are secure. Our families are flourishing. Our values are renewed. 
our pride is restored. And for all of these reasons, I say to the people of our great country and to the members of Congress, the state of our union is stronger than ever before. That was one month and eight days before the COVID shutdown, the Democrats shaking their head and Nancy Pelosi at the end of this speech, tearing up the speech. The vision I will lay out this evening demonstrates how we are building the world's most prosperous and inclusive society, one where every citizen can join in America's unparalleled success and where every community can take part in America's extraordinary rise. From the instant I took office, I moved rapidly to revive the U.S. economy, slashing a record number of job-killing regulations, enacting historic and record-setting tax cuts, and fighting for fair and reciprocal trade agreements. Our agenda is relentlessly pro-worker, pro-family, pro-growth, and most of all, pro-American. Again, the greatest state of the union in the history of this country. Not one Democrat We are standing. dancing with unbridled optimism and lifting our citizens of every race, color, religion, and creed very, very high. Since my election, we have created 7 million new jobs, 5 million more than government experts projected during the previous administration. Every claim, every statistic, everything has been tested. The unemployment rate is the lowest in over half a century. And very incredibly, the average unemployment rate under my administration is lower than any administration in the history of our country. Think about that. Since 1969, there was never a lower national employment rate than there was at this point. At this point, we remember this as the pinnacle of the United States of America. If we hadn't reversed the failed economic policies of the previous administration, the world would not now be witnessing this great economic success. February 5th, 2020, we're playing this in honor of Donald Trump's 76th birthday. Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans has reached the lowest levels in history. African American youth unemployment has reached an all time low. African-American poverty has declined to the lowest 
rate ever recorded. The unemployment rate for women reached the lowest level in almost 70 years. And last year, women filled 72 percent of all new jobs added. Wow. Not one Democrat woman in white stands up. Not one. The veterans' unemployment rate dropped to a record low. The unemployment rate for disabled Americans has reached an all-time low. Workers without a high school diploma have achieved the lowest unemployment rate recorded in U.S. history. A record number of young Americans are now employed. Under the last administration, more than 10 million people were added to the food stamp rolls. Under my administration, 7 million Americans have come off food stamps and 10 million people have been lifted off of welfare. In eight years under the last administration, over 300,000 working-age people dropped out of the workforce. In just three years of my administration, 3.5 million people, working-age people, have joined the workforce. Again, not one single Democrat clapping. Since my election, the net worth of the bottom half of wage earners has increased by 47 percent, three times faster than the increase for the top one percent. After decades of flat and falling incomes, wages are rising fast and wonderfully, they are rising fastest for low income workers who have seen a 16 percent pay increase since my election. This is a blue-collar boom. Real median household income is now at the highest level ever recorded. Since my election, U.S. stock markets have soared. 
70% adding more than $12 trillion to our nation's wealth, transcending anything anyone believed was possible. This is a record. It is something that every country in the world is looking up to. They admire. Consumer confidence has just reached amazing new highs. All of those millions of people with 401ks and pensions are doing far better than they have ever done before with increases of 60, 70, 80, 90, and 100% and even more. Jobs and investments are pouring into 9,000 previously neglected neighborhoods thanks to Opportunity Zones, a plan spearheaded by Senator Tim Scott as part of our great Republican tax cuts. In other words, wealthy people and companies are pouring money into poor neighborhoods or areas that haven't seen investment in many decades, creating jobs, energy, and excitement. This is the first time that these deserving communities have seen anything like this. It's all working. Opportunity zones are helping Americans like Army veteran Tony Rankins from Cincinnati, Ohio. After struggling with drug addiction, Tony lost his job, his house and his family. He was homeless. But then Tony found a construction company that invests in opportunity zones. He is now a top tradesman, drug-free, reunited with his family, and he is here tonight. Tony, keep up the great work, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Our roaring economy has, for the first time ever, given many former prisoners the ability to get a great job and a fresh start. This second chance at life is made possible because we passed landmark criminal justice reform into law. Everybody said that criminal justice reform couldn't be done, but I got it done, and the people in this room got it done. Thanks to our bold regulatory reduction campaign, the United States has become the number one producer of oil and natural gas anywhere in the world by far. With the tremendous progress we have made over the past three years, America is now energy independent and energy jobs like so many other elements of our country are at a record high.
We are doing numbers that no one would have thought possible just three years ago. Likewise, we are restoring our nation's manufacturing might, even though predictions were, as you all know, that this could never, ever be done. After losing 60,000 factories under the previous two administrations, America has now gained 12,000 new factories under my administration, with thousands upon thousands of plants and factories being planned or being built. Companies are not leaving. They are coming back to the USA. The fact is that everybody wants to be where the action is, and the United States of America is indeed the place where the action is. One of the biggest promises I made to the American people was to replace the disastrous NAFTA trade deal. In fact, unfair trade is perhaps the single biggest reason that I decided to run for president. Following NAFTA's adoption, our nation lost one in four manufacturing jobs. Many politicians came and went pledging to change or replace NAFTA, only to do so, and then absolutely nothing happened. But unlike so many who came before me, I keep my promises. We did our job. Six days ago, I replaced NAFTA and signed the brand-new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement into law. The USMCA will create nearly 100,000 new high-paying American auto jobs and massively boost exports for our farmers, ranchers, and factory workers. It will also bring trade with Mexico and Canada to a much higher level, but also to be a much greater degree of fairness and reciprocity. We will have that fairness and reciprocity. And I say that finally, because it's been many, many years that we were treated fairly on trade. This is the first major trade deal in many years to earn the strong backing of America's labor unions. I also promised our citizens that I would impose tariffs to confront China's mass theft of America's jobs. Our strategy has worked. Days ago, we signed the groundbreaking new agreement with China that will defend our workers, protect our intellectual property, bring billions and billions of dollars into our treasury, and open vast new markets for products made and grown right here in the USA. For decades, China has taken advantage of the United States. Now we have changed that. But at the same time, we have perhaps the best relationship we've ever had with China, including with President Xi. They respect what we've done because, quite frankly, they could never really believe 
that they were able to get away with what they were doing year after year, decade after decade, without someone in our country stepping up and saying, that's enough. Now we want to rebuild our country, and that's exactly what we're doing. We are rebuilding our country. As we restore American leadership throughout the world, we are once again standing up for freedom in our hemisphere. That's why my administration reversed the failing policies of the previous administration on Cuba. We are supporting the hopes of Cubans, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans to restore democracy. The United States is leading a 59-nation diplomatic coalition against the socialist dictator of Venezuela, Nicolas Maduro. Maduro is an illegitimate ruler, a tyrant who brutalizes his people. But Maduro's grip on tyranny will be smashed and broken. Here this evening, it's a very brave man who carries with him the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of all Venezuelans. Joining us in the gallery is the true and legitimate president of Venezuela, Juan Guaido. Mr. President. Please take this message back to your Thank you, Mr. President. Great honor. Thank you very much. Please take this message back that all Americans are united with the Venezuelan people in their righteous struggle for freedom. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Thank you very much. Socialism destroys nations, but always remember freedom unifies the soul. <laughs> to safeguard American liberty, we have invested a record-breaking $2.2 trillion in the United States military. We have purchased the finest planes, missiles, rockets, ships, 
and every other form of military equipment, and it's all made right here in the USA. We are also getting our allies, finally, to help pay their fair share. contributions from other NATO members by more than $400 billion, and the number of allies meeting their minimum obligations has more than doubled. And just weeks ago, for the first time since President Truman established the Air Force, more than 70 years earlier, we created a brand new branch of the United States Armed Forces. It's called the Space Force. Very important. In the gallery tonight, we have a young gentleman and what he wants so badly, 13 years old, Ian Lonfay. He's an eighth grader from Arizona. Ian, please stand up. Ian has always dreamed of going to space. He was the first in his class and among the youngest at an aviation academy. He aspires to go to the Air Force Academy and then he has his eye on the Space Force. As Ian says, most people look up at space. I want to look down on the world. <laughs> but sitting behind Ian tonight, is his greatest hero of them all. Charles McGee was born in Cleveland, Ohio, one century ago. Charles is one of the last surviving Tuskegee Airmen, the first black fighter pilots, and he also happens to be Ian's great-grandfather. <laughs> Incredible story. After more than 130 combat missions in World War II, he came back home to a country still struggling for civil rights and went on to serve America in Korea and Vietnam. On December 7th, Charles celebrated his 100th birthday.
A few weeks ago, I signed a bill promoting Charles McGee to Brigadier General. And earlier today, I pinned the stars on his shoulders in the Oval Office. General McGee, our nation salutes you. Thank you, sir. From the pilgrims to the founders, from the soldiers at Valley Forge to the marchers at Selma, and from President Lincoln to the Reverend Martin Luther King, Americans have always rejected limits on our children's future. Members of Congress, we must never forget that the only victories that matter in Washington are victories that deliver for the American people. The people are the heart of our country. Their dreams are the soul of our country. And their love is what powers and sustains our country. We must always remember that our job is to put America first. The next step forward in building an inclusive society is making sure that every young American gets a great education and the opportunity to achieve the American dream. Yet for too long, countless American children have been trapped in failing government schools. To rescue these students, 18 states have created school choice in the form of opportunity scholarships. The programs are so popular that tens of thousands of students remain on a waiting list. One of those students is Janiah Davis, a fourth grader from Philadelphia, Janiah. Janiah's mom, Stephanie, is a single parent. She would do anything to give her daughter a better future. But last year, that future was put further out of reach when Pennsylvania's governor vetoed legislation to expand school choice to 50,000 children. Janiah and Stephanie are in the gallery. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here with your beautiful daughter. Thank you very much. Janiah, I have some good news for you, because I am pleased to inform you that your long wait is over. I can proudly announce tonight that an opportunity scholarship has become available. It's going to you, and you will soon be heading to the school of your choice.
Now I call on Congress to give one million American children the same opportunity Janiyah has just received. Pass the Education Freedom Scholarships and Opportunities Act because no parent should be forced to send their child to a failing government school. Every young person should have a safe and secure environment in which to learn and to grow. For this reason, our magnificent First Lady has launched the Be Best initiative to advance a safe, healthy, supportive, and drug-free life for the next generation, online, in school, and in our communities. Thank you, Melania, for your extraordinary love and profound care for America's children. Thank you very much. My administration is determined to give our citizens the opportunities they need, regardless of age or background. Through our pledge to American workers, over 400 companies will also provide new jobs and education opportunities to almost 15 million Americans. My budget also contains an exciting vision for our nation's high schools. Tonight, I ask Congress to support our students and back my plan to offer vocational and technical education in every single high school in America. <laughs> to expand equal opportunity, I am also proud that we achieved record and permanent funding for our nation's historically black colleges and universities. A good life for American families also requires the most affordable, innovative, and high-quality health care system on Earth. Before I took office, health insurance premiums had more than doubled in just five years. I moved quickly to provide affordable alternatives. Our new plans are up to 60% less expensive and better. I've also made an ironclad pledge to American families. We will always protect patients with pre-existing conditions. <laughs> and we will always protect your Medicare, and we will always protect your Social Security, always. The American patient should never be blindsided by medical bills. 
That is why I signed an executive order requiring price transparency. Many experts believe that transparency, which will go into full effect at the beginning of next year, will be even bigger than health care reform. It will save families massive amounts of money for substantially better care. But as we work to improve Americans' health care, there are those who want to take away your health care, take away your doctor, and abolish private insurance entirely. 132 lawmakers in this room have endorsed legislation to impose a socialist takeover of our health care system, wiping out the private health insurance plans of 180 million very happy Americans. To those watching at home tonight, I want you to know we will never let socialism destroy American health care. Over 130 legislators in this chamber have endorsed legislation that would bankrupt our nation by providing free taxpayer-funded health care to millions of illegal aliens, forcing taxpayers to subsidize free care for anyone in the world who unlawfully crosses our borders. These proposals would raid the Medicare benefits of our seniors and that our seniors depend on while acting as a powerful lure for illegal immigration. That is what is happening in California and other states. Their systems are totally out of control, costing taxpayers vast and unaffordable amounts of money. If forcing American taxpayers to provide unlimited free health care to illegal aliens sounds fair to you, then stand with the radical left. But if you believe that we should defend American patients and American seniors, then stand with me and pass legislation to prohibit free government health care for illegal aliens. This will be a tremendous boon to our already very strongly guarded southern border, where, as we speak, a long, tall, and very powerful wall is being built. We have now completed over 100 miles and have over 500 miles fully completed in a very short period of time. Early next year, we will have substantially more than 500 miles completed. My administration is also taking on the big pharmaceutical companies. We have approved a record number of affordable generic drugs and medicines are being approved by the FDA at a faster clip than ever before.
And I was pleased to announce last year that for the first time in 51 years, prescription drugs actually went down. And working together, Congress can reduce drug prices substantially from current levels. I've been speaking to Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa and others in Congress in order to get something on drug pricing done and done quickly and properly. I'm calling for bipartisan legislation that achieves the goal of dramatically lowering prescription drug prices. Get a bill on my desk and I will sign it into law immediately. With unyielding commitment, we are curbing the opioid epidemic. Drug overdose deaths declined for the first time in nearly 30 years. <laughs> Among the state's hardest hit, Ohio is down 22 percent, Pennsylvania is down 18 percent, Wisconsin is down 10 percent, and we will not quit until we have beaten the opioid epidemic once and for all. Protecting Americans' health also means fighting infectious diseases. We are coordinating with the Chinese government and working closely together on the coronavirus outbreak in China. My administration will take all necessary steps to safeguard our citizens from this threat. We have launched ambitious new initiatives to substantially improve care for Americans with kidney disease, Alzheimer's, and those struggling with mental health and because Congress was so good as to fund my request, new cures for childhood cancer, and we will eradicate the AIDS epidemic in America by the end of this decade. <laughs> Almost every American family knows the pain when a loved one is diagnosed with a serious illness. Here tonight is a special man, beloved by millions of Americans, who just received a stage four advanced cancer diagnosis. This is not good news, but what is good news is that he is the greatest fighter and winner that you will ever meet. Rush Limbaugh, thank you for your decades of tireless devotion to our country. There it is. That's, uh, I think, the moment we were all waiting for, not just in this speech, but just the moment that we immediately recognized everything sort of coming into one as conservatives, coming into one as Republicans, coming into one as sort of championing the good things that were happening during the Donald Trump administration. Rush Limbaugh spoke for so long and for some time about the great things that could happen if such a person should come into power. That person, of course, was Donald Trump. 
the millions and he of did. people a day. And there was the moment. Speak to and that you inspire and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity. I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And I think the moment that signified the very best of all that culminated with all the endless rants, insights, moments, intelligence that we listened to for decades all right there, recognized by our 45th president of the United States. Here as we play this on his birthday. I will ask the First Lady of the United States to present you with the honor, please. And inside the House chambers, hanging on his head, the Presidential Medal, the highest honor bestowed on a civilian. One year, 13 days later, Ronald, or excuse me, Rush Limbaugh will pass after giving his last, his very last talk show one year to that day later, on February 5th, 2021. Next to his life. Rush and Catherine, congratulations. Thank you, Catherine. To be absolutely correct, As we it would be 360, who are sick, 362 days later, 362 days later. New medical breakthroughs. In 2017, doctors at St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City delivered one of the earliest premature babies ever to survive. Born at just 21 weeks and six days and weighing less than a pound, Ellie Schneider was a born fighter. Through the skill of her doctors and the prayers of her parents, little Ellie kept on winning the battle of life. Today, Ellie is a strong, healthy two-year-old girl sitting with her amazing mother, Robin. In the gallery, Ellie and Robin, we are glad to have you with us tonight. reminds us that every child is a miracle of life. And thanks to modern medical wonders, 50% of very premature babies delivered at the hospital where Ellie was born now survive. It's an incredible thing. Thank you very much. Our goal should be to ensure that every baby has the best chance to thrive and grow just like Ellie. 
That is why I'm asking Congress to provide an additional $50 million to fund neonatal research for America's youngest patients. That is why I'm also calling upon members of Congress here tonight to pass legislation finally banning the late-term abortion of babies. Whether we are Republican, Democrat, or Independent, surely we must all agree that every human life is a sacred gift from God. As we support America's moms and dads, I was recently proud to sign the law providing new parents in the federal workforce paid family leave, serving as a model for the rest of the country. Now I call on Congress to pass the Bipartisan Advancing Support for Working Families Act, extending family leave to mothers and fathers all across our nation. Forty million American families have an average $2,200 extra thanks to our child tax credit. I've also overseen historic funding increases for high-quality child care, enabling 17 states to help more children, many of which have reduced or eliminated their wait lists altogether. And I sent Congress a plan with a vision to further expand access to high-quality child care and urge you to act immediately. To protect the environment, days ago, I announced that the United States will join the One Trillion Trees Initiative, an ambitious effort to bring together government and private sector to plant new trees in America and all around the world. We must also rebuild America's infrastructure. I ask you to pass Senator John Barrasso's highway bill to invest in new roads, bridges, and tunnels all across our land. I'm also committed to ensuring that every citizen can have access to high-speed internet, including and especially in rural America.
A better tomorrow for all Americans also requires us to keep America safe. That means supporting the men and women of law enforcement at every level, including our nation's heroic ICE officers. Last year, our brave ICE officers arrested more than 120,000 criminal aliens charged with nearly 10,000 burglaries, 5,000 sexual assaults, 45,000 violent assaults, and 2,000 murders. Tragically, there are many cities in America where radical politicians have chosen to provide sanctuary for these criminal illegal aliens. In sanctuary cities, local officials order police to release dangerous criminal aliens to prey upon the public instead of handing them over to ICE to be safely removed. Just 29 days ago, a criminal alien freed by the sanctuary city of New York was charged with the brutal rape and murder of a 92-year-old woman. The killer had been previously arrested for assault but under New York sanctuary policies, he was set free. If the city had honored ICE's detainer request, his victim would still be alive today. The state of California passed an outrageous law declaring their whole state to be a sanctuary for criminal illegal immigrants, a very terrible sanctuary with catastrophic results. Here is just one tragic example. In December 2018, California police detained an illegal alien with five prior arrests, including convictions for robbery and assault. But as required by California's sanctuary law, local authorities released him. Days later, the criminal alien went on a gruesome spree of deadly violence. He viciously shot one man going about his daily work. He approached a woman sitting in her car and shot her in the arm and in the chest. He walked into a convenience store and wildly fired his weapon. He hijacked a truck and smashed into vehicles, critically injuring innocent victims. One of the victims is a terrible, terrible situation. Died, 51-year-old American named Rocky Jones. Rocky was at a gas station when this vile criminal fired eight bullets at him from close range, murdering him in cold blood. Rocky left behind a devoted family, including his brothers, who loved him more than anything else in the world. One of his grieving brothers is here with us tonight. Jody, would you please stand? Jody, thank you. Jody, our hearts weep for your loss, and we will not rest until you have justice. Senator Tom Tillis has introduced legislation to allow Americans like Jody to sue sanctuary cities and states when a loved one is hurt or killed as a result of these deadly practices.
I ask Congress to pass the Justice for Victims of Sanctuary Cities Act immediately. The United States of America should be a sanctuary for law-abiding Americans, not criminal aliens. In the last three years, ICE has arrested over 5,000 wicked human traffickers, and I have signed nine pieces of legislation to stamp out the menace of human trafficking domestically and all around the globe. My administration has undertaken an unprecedented effort to secure the southern border of the United States. Before I came into office, if you showed up illegally on our southern border and were arrested, you were simply released and allowed into our country, never to be seen again. My administration has ended catch and release. If you come illegally, you will now be promptly removed from our country. Very importantly, we entered into historic cooperation agreements with the governments of Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. As a result of our unprecedented efforts, illegal crossings are down 75% since May, dropping eight straight months in a row. And as the wall rapidly goes up, drug seizures rise, and the border crossings are going down and going down very rapidly. Last year, I traveled to the border in Texas and met Chief Patrol Agent Raul Ortiz. Over the last 24 months, Agent Ortiz and his team have seized more than 200,000 pounds of poisonous narcotics, arrested more than 3,000 human smugglers, and rescued more than 2,000 migrants. Days ago, Agent Ortiz was promoted to Deputy Chief of Border Patrol, and he joins us tonight. Chief Ortiz, please stand. grateful nation thanks you and all of the heroes of border patrol and ice thank you very much thank you. to build on these historic gains we are working on legislation to replace our outdated and randomized immigration system with one based on merit welcoming those who follow the rules contribute to our economy support themselves financially and uphold our values With every action, my administration is restoring the rule of law and reasserting the culture of American freedom. <laughs> Working with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Thank you, Mitch. 
and his colleagues in the Senate, we have confirmed a record number of 187 new federal judges to uphold our Constitution as written. This includes two brilliant new Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. Thank you. And we have many in the pipeline. <laughs> My administration is also defending religious liberty, and that includes the constitutional right to pray in public schools. In America, we don't punish prayer. We don't tear down crosses. We don't ban symbols of faith. We don't muzzle preachers and pastors. In America, we celebrate faith. We cherish religion. We lift our voices in prayer, and we raise our sights to the glory of God. Just as we believe in the First Amendment, we also believe in another constitutional right that is under siege all across our country. So long as I am president, I will always protect your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. In reaffirming our heritage as a free nation, we must remember that America has always been a frontier nation. Now we must embrace the next frontier, America's manifest destiny in the stars. I am asking Congress to fully fund the Artemis program to ensure that the next man and the first woman on the moon will be American astronauts using this as a launching pad to ensure that America is the first nation to plant its flag on Mars. My administration is also strongly defending our national security and combating radical Islamic terrorism. Last week, I announced a groundbreaking plan for peace between Israel and the Palestinians. Recognizing that all past attempts have failed, we must be determined and creative in order to stabilize the region and give millions of young people the chance to realize a better future. Three years ago, the barbarians of ISIS held over 20,000 square miles of territory in Iraq and Syria. Today, the ISIS territorial caliphate has been 100% destroyed, and the founder and leader of ISIS, the bloodthirsty killer known as al-Baghdadi, is dead.
We are joined this evening by Carl and Marcia Mueller. After graduating from college, their beautiful daughter, Carla, became a humanitarian aid worker. She once wrote, some people find God in church, some people find God in nature, some people find God in love. I find God in suffering. I've known for some time what my life's work is, using my hands as tools to relieve suffering. In 2013, while caring for suffering civilians in Syria, Kayla was kidnapped, tortured, and enslaved by ISIS and kept as a prisoner of al-Baghdadi himself. After more than 500 horrifying days of captivity, al-Baghdadi murdered young, beautiful Kayla. She was just 26 years old. On the night that U.S. Special Forces operations ended al-Baghdadi's miserable life, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, received a call in the Situation Room. He was told that the brave men of the elite Special Forces team that so perfectly carried out the operation had given their mission a name, Task Force 814. It was a reference to a special day, August 14th, Kayla's birthday. Carl and Marcia, America's warriors never forgot Kayla, and neither will we. Thank you. Every day, America's men and women in uniform demonstrate the infinite depth of love that dwells in the human heart. One of these American heroes was Army Staff Sergeant Christopher Hake. On his second deployment to Iraq in 2008, Sergeant Hake wrote a letter to his one-year-old son, Gage. I will be with you again, he wrote to Gage. I will teach you to ride your first bike, build your first sandbox, watch you play sports, and see you have kids also. I love you, son. Take care of your mother. I am always with you, Daddy. On Easter Sunday of 2008, Chris was out on patrol in Baghdad when his Bradley fighting vehicle was hit by a roadside bomb. That night, he made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Sergeant Hake now rests in eternal glory in Arlington, and his wife, Kelly, is in the gallery tonight, joined by their son, who is now a 13-year-old and doing very, very well. To Kelly and Gage, Chris will live in our hearts forever. He is looking down on you now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you both very much.
The terrorist responsible for killing Sergeant Haig was Kasim Soleimani, who provided the deadly roadside bomb that took Chris's life. Soleimani was the Iranian regime's most ruthless butcher, a monster who murdered or wounded thousands of American service members in Iraq. As the world's top terrorist, Soleimani orchestrated the deaths of countless men, women, and children. He directed the December assault and went on to assault. U.S. forces in Iraq was actively planning new attacks when we hit him very hard. And that's why last month, at my direction, the U.S. military executed a flawless precision strike that killed Soleimani and terminated his evil reign of terror forever. Our message to the terrorists is clear. You will never escape American justice. If you attack our citizens, you forfeit your life. In recent months, we have seen proud Iranians raise their voices against their oppressive rulers. The Iranian regime must abandon its pursuit of nuclear weapons, stop spreading terror, death, and destruction, and start working for the good of its own people. Because of our powerful sanctions, the Iranian economy is doing very, very poorly. We can help them make a very good and short-time recovery. It can all go very quickly, but perhaps they are too proud or too foolish to ask for that help. We are here. Let's see which road they choose. It is totally up to them. As we defend American lives, we are working to end America's wars in the Middle East. In Afghanistan, the determination and valor of our warfighters has allowed us to make tremendous progress, and peace talks are now underway. I am not looking to kill hundreds of thousands of people in Afghanistan, many of them totally innocent. It is also not our function to serve other nations as law enforcement agencies. These are warfighters that we have, the best in the world, and they either want to fight to win or not fight at all. We are working to finally end America's longest war and bring our troops back home. War places a heavy burden on our nation's extraordinary military families, especially spouses like Amy Williams from Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and her two children, six-year-old Eliana and three-year-old Rowan. Amy works full-time and volunteers countless hours helping other military families. For the past seven months, she has done it all while her husband, Sergeant First Class Townsend Williams, is in Afghanistan on his fourth deployment in the Middle East. Amy's kids haven't seen their father's face in many months. Amy, your family sacrifice makes it possible 
for all of our families to live in safety and in peace. And we want to thank you. Thank this you, Amy. This is such a great moment. I think the greatest moment here of the speech, besides the Rush Limbaugh piece, is this piece where they get to see their family. Remember, it was Donald Trump who said the Afghanistan war needed to end. Afghanistan war, Afghanistan war. But Amy, there is one more thing. Tonight we have a very special surprise. I am thrilled to inform you that your husband is back from deployment. He is here with us tonight, and we couldn't keep him waiting any longer. Welcome home, Sergeant Williams. Thank you very much. As the world bears witness tonight, America is a land of heroes. This is a place where greatness is born, where destinies are forged, and where legends come to life. This is the home of Thomas Edison and Teddy Roosevelt, of many great generals, including Washington, Pershing, Patton, and MacArthur. This is the home of Abraham Lincoln, Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Harriet Tubman, the Wright brothers, Neil Armstrong, and so many more. This is the country where children learn names like Wyatt Earp, Davy Crockett, and Annie Oakley. This is the place where the Pilgrims landed at Plymouth and where Texas Patriots made their last stand at the Alamo. The beautiful, beautiful Alamo. The American nation was carved out of the vast frontier by the toughest, strongest, fiercest, and most determined men and women ever to walk on the face of the earth. Our ancestors braved the unknown, tamed the wilderness, settled the Wild West, lifted millions from poverty, disease, and hunger, vanquished tyranny and fascism, ushered the world to new heights of science and medicine, laid down the railroads, dug out the canals, 
raised up the skyscrapers. And ladies and gentlemen, our ancestors built the most exceptional republic ever to exist in all of human history. And we are making it greater than ever before. This is our glorious and magnificent inheritance. We are Americans. We are pioneers. We are the pathfinders. We settled the new world. We built the modern world. And we change history forever by embracing the eternal truth that everyone is made equal by the hand of Almighty God. America is the place where anything can happen. America is the place where anyone can rise. And here, on this land, on this soil, on this continent, the most incredible dreams come true. This nation is our canvas, and this country is our masterpiece. We look at tomorrow and see unlimited frontiers just waiting to be explored. Our brightest discoveries are not yet known. Our most thrilling stories are not yet told. Our grandest journeys are not yet made. The American age, the American epic, the American adventure has only just begun. Our spirit is still young. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And my fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Thank you very much. Less than... One month and eight days later, our country would succumb to the shutdown that would inevitably be the deafening of nearly 27 months of COVID lockdown shutdowns and excuses about why we could not be what we ultimately wanted to be, which was a continued dominance, hegemonic power, and the greatest country the world has ever seen. And uh, there it is, folks. We appreciate everybody who has uh, tuned in here this afternoon in the Kiva. We certainly hope that uh, many of you have enjoyed the broadcast this afternoon on the president's 76th birthday. And uh, that is uh, hopefully a very happy one. I certainly hope the very best uh, goes to our president. Unfortunately, you know, given the way that this country has gone and what we have looked at. And, of course, the greatest radio commentator uh, in history, Rush Limbaugh there at the final, uh, tell you, it is um, 
The silence is deafening of Rush Limbaugh. The silence is deafening of our former 45th president. The silence is deafening of many of you out there who have not stood up on behalf of our country, the ideals that this country has been built upon, and uh, dare I say it, the things that we hold dearest here in our hearts. So I appreciate uh, you joining us here on this uh, broadcast uh, right here in the Kiva. Uh, many of you guys texting in here this afternoon. That's uh, pretty cool. Um, Armin continues to uh, listen from down south, so that's good. <laughs> I appreciate uh, that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to end up the show, uh, to be to be quite honest. You know, think about uh, all the songs that we could possibly, you know, listen to uh, here in the Kiva. Uh, I, I got to say, probably, if I wanted to sort of finish up with today's, you know, greatest, Greatest, like, you know, I, I oftentimes use music to sort of encapsulate everything. You know, we're here in Albuquerque in this, you know, lowly city. And I mean lowly in the sense that our, our spirits are lonely. Some of the things that happen to us are, are very lonely. Um, I don't know. I want to go to the um, the Shins, right? I think Albuquerque's uh, greatest group in so many ways. Um, I think of the Phantom Limb album. And I'd probably say that that's probably the best album. The, the, the one, the one, uh, the one album that I go to probably more than anything else, I think. Um, great album. Um,
Thanks, everybody, for tuning in here. This long broadcast here on uh, Donald Trump's birthday. We appreciate everybody tuning in, as always, right here in the Kiva. On AM 600 FM, rockoftalk.com. That's my friend Greg Gonzalez down from El Paso. He's made it pretty big. Uh, released his uh, EP back in uh, 2012, then came out with this and in uh, 2017. And uh, the band is called Cigarettes After Sex. And, um, yeah. That song is called Apocalypse. Pretty amazing. And uh, Greg's a good dude. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of good things coming out of here. Yeah, the shins out of Albuquerque, cigarettes after sex uh, down in El Paso, and a lot of other uh, bands around here. But we appreciate everybody tuning in, as always, right here to a pretty decent radio station. That's the Rock of Talk. AM 1600 KFA, rockoftalk.com. And uh, again, happy 76th birthday to Donald Trump. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. This is why people from all over go to JJ's Premier Tire and Services. This is Josefo from Santa Fe. I just blew a tire in my trailer. I was on my way to Albuquerque and I stopped at JJ's. So glad I did. The manager came over right away, quoted me an amazing price, and they had it in stock. No waiting. Within minutes, I had a new tire. 